It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whichever the case may be. For all of you listening out there across the crazy planet Earth, welcome to Vestiges After Dark. And I am your host, Bishop Brian Willette, coming to you live from the foothills and the deep woods of Western Georgia. Tonight, on this October 11th, 2022, 
We are going to be talking about cursed objects and domestic hauntings with returning guest Tony Burkett. He's been on before, a comedian that's had some pretty interesting paranormal experiences in his life, and tonight he's got a new one to share of a personal nature. We'll be dissecting it tonight over the next three hours with Father Chris, who's joining us. It's going to be a great show. Don't go anywhere. having again a wonderful evening we are doing this it seems like it was just yesterday that we were right here (laughs) a few days ago with uh amanda morris it was a great show on saturday a special edition of vestiges and tonight uh well we're back to the regular schedule and uh gonna have some fun tonight there's no question about that now i want to mention that you know everyone that's been watching this season knows that ever since we started season six we've been having those strange disconnection issues on youtube well, anywhere we're doing or sending the video feed. So anywhere that's being simulcasted to video, which would include YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and uh, there might be one or two others that I'm not thinking of at the moment, but uh, we've been having some problems with the video feed. The audio to Spreaker and iTunes and iHeartRadio, that's been doing just fine. So the podcast part or the podcast version of this show has not been having any difficulty at all. But uh, you know that the video feed gives out. So I want to put an announcement out right now. Two things. Actually, three. Number one, if it goes out, switch over to Spreaker until until we get the video back up. Okay? So Spreaker will have the continuous audio feed. You'll know what's going on. You'll hear the parts of the show that are being missed. Usually, if it gives out, I will cut to break, even if it's early. And uh, and then, you know, try to get the, the video feed back up. It typically doesn't give out more than once a show. But Amanda did do a little magic on it last time on Saturday. <laughs> and we didn't have any problems after that. And so far, we haven't had any problems now. Not one dropped frame rate. I'm seeing 0% drop frames. And that's what we want to see. So can we get through three hours tonight without it? Now, I did reset the router just before the show. I think that helps a lot. So I'm trying to do a little bit metaphysical as well as physical solutions um now when we come back to video i will bring it back okay so make sure you're subscribed to our youtube channel so you get the announcements and you'll know when we come back um live okay this is going to be a potential issue until we can improve the internet here which is going to require that i get part of this property zoned commercial because comcast will not bring their high-speed internet to this location until there's a commercial zone. So 
we can subdivide out part of this property. I have, I have over 18 acres. We can, even if it's just one acre of commercial property, I can get Comcast out here, which is a hell of a lot cheaper than trying to use one of these other services that's $1,000 a month, which is insane. So I am working on it. It's just going to be take some time to be able to do all that, okay? But understand what to do in, until then, okay? So if it cuts out, go over to Spreaker, all right? And, uh, and be subscribed to the YouTube channel so you know when we come back live. I will bring it back at the next reasonable break, okay? But the show will continue because the audio-only version doesn't get interrupted by this problem. It's only the video that seems to have the issue. All right, so um, before we get started with tonight's show, I just want to do questions and comments from the ether. And um, Brandon's our uh, is our guy; he's got all the questions. I don't know if I have all the answers, but he has all the questions. So uh, this one is a good one. Again, I like picking some of his nice paranormal questions because a lot of you watch this show because you're fascinated with the paranormal, and that's a topic that we deal with often on this show. So this is what he asks. Hey, Bishop, have you ever encountered a scenario where spirits seeking assistance uh, to pass on just come into your house? Okay, so what we're dealing with here is, uh, you know, you go on a case and you've got some ghosts that you encounter or some kind of unrested spirit. And um, he's asking, do they just come back to with you? Um, and the answer is yes, but I do the invitation. Um, I've, I don't know if they would come voluntarily because I've never really tried that. I always invite them back to the house because my house has a private chapel and this house has the Holy mass that is said every single, uh, week, sometimes more than once a week. And, uh, the, every mass prays for the dead. I know that traditionally, the traditional theology is that we're offering prayers and grace to the souls in purgatory, um, but I extend that out to anybody who might need that grace, which could include souls that are lost. Now, I guess that's another topic for another question. Maybe we can get into that later on. I don't know. I know our guest tonight, Toner Burkett, um, often um, has questions of his own to ask. So, well, so we might get a little interviewed here ourselves, and then there'll that's be right. a lot of back and forth, and maybe we'll get to some of the questions that are on your mind, because Tony has some really good questions. And uh, it's always fascinating to hear what's on people's minds in the paranormal sense. So, um, so basically, yes, they come home, but I've never like I've never tried to if I've never tried it if it was voluntary. I've always invited every time I'm on a case, I invite them back, and then at the next mass we pray for them, and then that dissipates the energy. I mean, they they cross over at that point. We never have problems after this, and so that is. Um, the answer to the question. But yes, it is potentially, if they know that you're there to help, if they can sense instinctually that your intention is to help them, they might come back with you because there's a chance that you might be able to do something to alleviate their suffering because there is a lot of suffering in being lost in this sense. And uh, this is why I'm against, as I said uh, on Saturday, haunted tourism because, you know, it's not, you know, we should really be helping them move on not trying to make money off of their plight in life or in death, I should say. <laughs> um, and uh, Moosh in the chat room I see is asking, what's our libration tonight? Uh, yes, Red uh, Breast 27. And we also um, uh, have a muscadine cider 
from Ellijay, Georgia, up in the mountains, or the I guess it's the beginning of the Georgia mountains. Not much left. <laughs> Not much left. It was very good. Non-alcoholic. It's uh, cider in the United States means unfiltered juice. Cider everywhere else in the world is an alcoholic beverage. Right. Um, so understand when an American t- is talking about cider, they're probably not talking about alcohol. Um, a lot of, I know, isn't it? <laughs> but this is actually pretty good. We do have a muscadine wine. We actually have muscadine wine um, in here. But, uh, you know, we're going to have a great show tonight. And, uh, you know, the, the, the libations help you to get through. Uh, the process because you know you relax you sit back you unwind and enjoy vestiges after dark so we've got father chris as you already seen here uh with us tonight welcome uh back to the show father you weren't here with us on saturday everyone missed you but they're happy you're here tonight <laughs> yeah he's getting all kinds of love from the chat room yes you are very much missed i mean people i, I you are a fixture now i don't think they would um, take very kindly to you no longer being on the show so you're stuck now for yeah the- you're stuck with yeah. Sorry. Oh, fresh haircut too. <laughs> I can't hear him. I'm happy to be a fixture. Uh, I was um I was doing another job over the weekend. I was the uh, events control room operator for the supercars at the Bathurst 1000, which is Oh, you poor guy. You know, that's the closest we get to the to the Indy 500. Right. It used to be the, the Bathurst 500 when it was miles, but now it's kilometers, so they've had to double it. Um, so, uh, but it's kind of yeah, it's a big event, and uh, cars going 300 k's an hour around a around a track. So, it was, but it was very wet. There was massive rains and floods. And oh my goodness! So, yeah. So my job is to kind of to sort of coordinate the the other emergency services in response to all of that. So well, it's great to that's have what I was doing. It's was great to have hours. you with us, even though you have <laughs> we'll, other responsibilities. We'll, we'll, we'll you take know, that as a good we're, excuse. We're, I know. Well, we're just glad yeah. you're here with us tonight. And I do apologize to the audience. You know, part of the problem is I, I was hoping that I could have my microphone coming this way, like it always used to at the other location, but it doesn't attach properly, or at least the way I needed to from that side. I'm going to try to do something and jerry-rig it so it does, but it blocks my view of my switchboard, and I apologize that Father Chris's mic wasn't on. Um, at the, when I introduced him. So you missed a little bit about what he said for the first like 30 seconds or so. Um, but I did notice it. It's just this blocks it. So I can't always see that his mic's off. Um, or at least I should say there's nothing obvious to me. So I have to get a way to move this microphone so it's not right smack in the middle of my control panel. I will work on it. I promise. It's like the internet. I will work on this. Anyway, we got a great show tonight. We're talking about haunted uh, domestic hauntings and cursed objects. And it's kind of a general topic, but our guest, returning guest, Tony Burkett, is here with us to talk about a new paranormal story that he's experienced. How are you doing tonight, Tony? Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. Can you hear me all right? We can hear you just fine. Go. Yeah, you're okay, good. Just making sure. Um, well, thanks for having me. I'm super uh, excited about being back on. Um, a couple things. It didn't even occur to me to drink during this and that that's kind of a requirement uh, tony 
I mean, I should have done it. That sounds like a lot of fun. You know, um, I'm not a big drinker, but this is when you do this it. This is when you, you do know. it, you know? I mean, We're talking to <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big drinker, so I'll I'll drink um while I'm live on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Why not, right? Why not? Hey, I mean, if anybody I'm drinking town, water. <laughs> if anyone in town is watching this and you want to bring me booze, I'll do it. And this will get very hey, I've weird got very water quickly. Too. Hey, um, you know. Also, additionally, I just want to say I didn't bring you anything from the ether, but I brought you a whole bunch of questions from Pensacola. I since we booked this, I've been collecting questions at live shows on the internet, social media, our Patreon. Yeah, um, a lot of them are sexual. Um, Go, I hey, will, I deal with sexuality all the time, so <laughs> um, you can ask it. You might take that back after this. Well, no, it's um, fine. Believe me, it'd be sexuality. hard to it, it'd be it'd be hard to shock me. But you got I me. Mean, let's see what sexuality you is like a, a beautiful thing. This is perverts. Well, I mean, I have to deal with perverts stuff. too sometimes. <laughs> hey, he's got to deal with me. I'm a pervert. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's enough. I want to hear that. <laughs> Sorry, Tony, we met. <laughs> and, but I did write a bunch of questions for y'all, and I think I have some a lot of questions. I don't know if you want to do them during questions for the ether, or you want me to pepper them in. Well, let's I've let's do let's do this. Well, usually what we do is the first segment we go over whatever's on the the guest mind, and this can be your story about the haunted couch. Um, you know, so essentially you, you bought a couch and, um, it was from the Facebook marketplace. So it was a used couch. And then you said you started having some kind of paranormal issues in your condominium after that. So we want to hear about that. And then let's leave, uh, you know, uh, segments two and three for questions, because that's when we start taking questions from guests. And well, tonight we can take questions from you. So <laughs> okay, that yeah. works for me. Okay, good. Now. You want me to dive right in? Dive right in. Let's hear it. So what's right. going on with this so couch? Let's start from the beginning. Well, like, what? You, right. like you needed a couch, so you went to Facebook Marketplace. Well, let me say this first. Okay. Um, so when I first spoke to you this year, and I had a lot's changed okay. since then, and this couch, um, which would have been the meat of the story then, I feel was just like a, a side effect of something greater that was going on on the other side of the wall. Um, I'm in a condo. I don't, it's not some like people under the stairs thing. Yeah. That was, that wasn't a turn of phrase. Uh, there's just, <laughs> it's a condo. And um, I think that the couch thing had something to, to do with what was going on next door. Um, I will say the couch thing it freaked me out. So um, we had needed new couches. It's two couches, actually. It's a sofa and a love seat. Okay. And we needed new ones for a while. And my wife, of course, got a deal you can't pass up on these mustard yellow couches. From Very the nice. same location. Yes. Okay. This lady was had a, having an, a, a complete estate sale. Okay. And um, a, a, a really great deal on perfectly intact couches. And so um, we went to pick them up. Uh, and I don't know if the, I mean, it definitely adds to the creepiness. No offense, Chris. 
Uh, but we got there and she had a British accent, which <laughs> Brian, you've been to Pensacola. Yeah. That's, that's not a thing you run across. No, typically the panhandle often. doesn't have a lot of British uh, people. <laughs> and it's a very cosmopolitan accent. Yeah. And it's more startling. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, if, when you picture a stereotypical ghost, they have a British accent, you know. <laughs> so that was, I mean, that's just a, probably an inconsequential fact, but it was just kind of, wow, okay. Um, and she mentioned that it was her son's couch and that he went away to jail. And I'm assuming it a, a, was for a very long time when you factor in she's just selling. She came from England to sell everything that he owned, mm-hmm. you know? So we, we got these couches to the house and literally didn't think anything about them. Right. You know, um, obviously before I brought them in, I took all the, the, the cushions off and made sure vacuumed under them and then brought them in and we got pets. So we had like a carpet shampoo and I used it on them and cleaned them good. And I would say we had this couch for the cou- It was only the uh, love seat that had this little issue. But um, I came down one morning and I was sitting and drinking coffee, you know, seeing what's going on in the world, that type of thing. And it smelled like, um, like an avocado that needed to be thrown away. You know what I mean? Right. Like not rotten, but it's like, I mean, you can eat it if you want to, yeah. but I'm not human garbage, so I'm not going to, you know, it's, <laughs> right. it's not avocado color right. anymore. It's more of like a mustard yellow. Right, right. Um, but um, so it smelled like an avocado that needed to be thrown away. And so I noticed like an oily spot on the couch hmm. and um, I cleaned it and um the couch was wet, so I couldn't really tell if it was came off there. You know what I mean? But I didn't smell it anymore and didn't think about it again. So the next morning, I came downstairs, sitting, drinking. I get up pretty early, so it's dark down there. When, you know what I mean? Um, and um, And I started smelling it again, and even more so. And so I turned on the light, and the spot was there and bigger. Okay, mm-hmm, right. so uh, at this point, I ordered some deep clean pet stain, whatever for couches. You right, know? right, right. And that day, I went to the gym, and um, I was just working out, listening to music, podcasts, or something like that. And I don't know why it occurred to me, but kind of out of nowhere, I was like, "Oh man, that isn't." an avocado that it smells like it smells like funeral flowers. Do you know, do you know what I mean by that? Right. Yes. Mm. Yes, I do. Like that, it, that smells that distinctive... like an avocado. I think that's why I don't like avocado once it reaches a certain state because it smells like, you know, obviously I don't like the smell of funeral flowers. Well, yeah. any, they're not tied to any good memories. Right. It's not tied to any good memories. Right. But I realized, I was like, oh, that's not avocado that needs to be thrown away. That's funeral flowers. And I just got like queasy. You know what I mean? Right, right. And so um, I get home. Not, nothing really other than that. 
and um, I, I, got, I got this pet cleaner, cleaned it off, and nothing happened again. Okay. Now, this is kind of a comment slash question, um, and y'all would know this better than I do, really. And that is, you know, I, I um, situations like that. It's fun to be scared, you know. At it's fun to have a creepy thing like the wife and I, um, when we were living in Portland there was this situation that happened and um, I, I don't know if I was not fully awake and I went up, got up to go to the restroom and it's one of those situations where you're like, still, you're not, you're like, don't get freaked out. I saw this old man, what appeared to be an old man. And it didn't scare me because I was like, I mean, I was getting up to pee, like out of dead sleep. I don't think it was a ghost. Uh. I think that I was still dreaming, even though I was up. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. But then I told my wife about it. And then, you know, she hears noise. You get, I don't know if it's the sort of a situation where it's like um, you just get hyper aware of things when you talk about that. And it's like a fun inside joke. And I don't know if that's like, that you just become hyper aware of every the noise going off. On, whoops. Sorry. Or if whenever we're playing this little game where we talk about everything that the ghost did in the house, are you like inviting something in? Cause I'm real, you know, maybe you remember I'm big on that. Like yeah. inviting dark things into your life. <laughs> right. Um, I'm not big on doing that. I'm just big on not doing it. Right. I'm, right. I'm like hyper aware of, yeah. of are, is this inviting something in? You know, I don't want to do anything like that. And so I don't know if it's that type of situation, but um, so this is where I, I will tell you what I think the entire deal was. Okay. Um, so I have this next door neighbor and he's right on the other side of the wall. And um, his name is Rob, and he he, he is the, the best neighbor that I've ever had, you know. And I'm 40 years old. Like, I thought my favorite neighbor in days were behind me, you know. Like, I, I was when I was younger, I had a favorite neighbor, and I was just, you know, I, I, it's surprising. My wife and I both just think he's great. He's, yeah. And, at a detriment when it comes to women, clearly, um, I'll get to that. Um, but he's just a good neighbor. Like, yeah. um, you know, it's like he makes enough noise and he talks on his phone in the back porch, drinks beer every day. He makes enough noise that if I have friends over on occasion and we get loud, he's not going to complain about it. Right. You know, if he needs help, I'll help him out. He br- we, my wife was very sick in January and he brought food over like just the perfect neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect sure. neighbor. Sure. Um, I'll tell, I'll tell you, um, this just sums him up. Um, probably like eight or nine months ago, we have two condos here with Jeep, Jeep gays. And, um, do you, do you know what I mean by that? Like, uh, it's like, um, gay dudes that drive jeeps and have like a jeep lifestyle i wasn't sure if i should take that literal or not but i guess i should have taken it literal so okay 
ask your gay friends. Like, this is a thing. Like, so that's like a category. You know, like, I, I think it I is it. its own category. LGBTQIA plus, and then uh, uh, J G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G G yeah. Trust right. me. Yeah. Um, I, well, it got in the middle. No, <laughs> I don't want to say that either. I was going to be like, it got in the middle of me. No, it, that that's not the right thing to say. All right, look. You word that. So like eight or nine months ago, I'm, um, I'm taking my little dog out to pee out front. And uh, there's the good, the good Jeep gay, and then there's just the evil Jeep gays that are just like... <laughs> Does one have like a green or a blue Jeep and the other one's got black or red, you know, the evil the good, Sith, you know? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. The good one has an electric blue one with a, all, all who wander are not lost. Yeah. Um, that's my only, literally, he's got the thing that covers up the tire in the back. Oh, yeah. I used to, I, and, and it yeah. says, all who wander are not lost. Mm-hmm. And my only issue with him is one day I was like, Gandalf. And he was like, what? <laughs> And I was like, dude, you cannot have that. And if you want to have, right, if you want to have that, that tire cover, like you need to tell me everything about I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, Tony. Is there a sort of superior class of gays that have Humvees? Are they Humvee gays? Nobody drives Humvees anymore, Father Chris. They're they're all gone now. Yeah, their their engines were horrible. They're all gone. I would imagine. I drove one in the army. That's as close as I got. I would imagine that Humvee gays are a thing, and it, they get the name has nothing to do with the vehicle they drive. <laughs> you know, all right, enough homophobia. Um, it comes from a place of love. Um, so I take my little puppy out to pee at like 10 or 11 at night, and the evil Jeep gays who drive a black Jeep, of course. That's probably gay slang for something, too, taking your puppy out. To pee. But anyway, oh, we'll, yeah, we'll you're right. Yeah, <laughs> Moving on. I've, actually, it's very straight slang, Chris. Thank you yeah, much. you're probably right. It's super, super yeah. straight slang. I'm too straight. Um, I'm taking my small dog out to go to the restroom. That's better. And the evil Jeep gays have this pit bull, and it runs down and, like, just bites my dog at him. No, just the worst right and so um you know it was just a whole entire thing and i had to go down there and threaten them get the vet bill paid all this it was just a a whole thing okay and everyone in the condos it's probably like 10 units i've never even counted but um but uh everyone in the condo heard about it. it was just all this drama of course and um and my, so I, the next time I see my neighbor, Rob, he says, hey, you know, I heard about what happened to your little puppy. And, you know, I've been saying this for years. Gay dudes should not legally be allowed to own pit bulls because, see, the dog sees what they do and they don't respect them. And they think that they're in charge and they just do whatever they want. He told me that with a straight face. And top funniest things I've ever heard. Like he told you with so, a gay face is what what happened. <laughs> to me, the best feelings in life are like when you were a kid 
and it's like you're in fifth grade and the teacher's like silence and be quiet you know and then when the teacher turns around like someone farts or whatever and it's that whole like trying to hold it together and not laugh and it just like you can't hold it in like that to me is just the best feeling in life yeah and when he says that these things which are all constant stream of stuff like that and he means what he's saying and it's just constantly that feeling of like hold it in wait till you get inside and laugh about this you know he's just super entertaining now as far as like his um his being a good dude um see we moved in when we moved back from portland and I would say he probably moved in about a month later and things were quiet. Um, so quiet that it took like weeks to even like run into him to do the whole introduction thing, you know? Yeah. And um, I would say he was there probably a month and this lady started coming around and uh, we met her and her name uh, is, was Maureen. Okay. And, um, so Maureen was just like this little old lady. And I, if I had to guess, like, he's probably, if I had to put money on, like, 57 or something like that. And, like, she was she was clearly the same, around the same age as him, but she was just like a little old lady, like, a, like an old lady. You know, like, everything turns into some story that no one cares about. You know, I helped him bring up like a recliner one time. And she was like, oh, my daddy had a a recliner like that. I remember when we went to get it It was like it was a Monday or and we he used his money from our fishing or maybe it was Tuesday. No, it was a Monday. And it's like just, you know, like it was just she was just like a little old lady, just quiet. And um, look at my notes here. I made some notes. I go off on tangents. Oh, that's you. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. It's You're all on the right, right podcast. Really? We're going to get to it. Hey, you let me come on. I'm going to talk. <laughs> okay. So, um, so one day, uh, Rob got injured at work. He like paints houses or something like that. And like dang near cut one of his fingers up. And so this lady came over and she was like, Rob got hurt. Can you run me to. Um, Walgreens. Um, he's got a prescription that I need to pick up. And it was like a great opportunity to be like, absolutely. You know, he does, he's done more for us than we have done for him sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely do a huge favor for Rob and be right. enthusiastic about doing that. Right. And so we took her and in retrospect, this, this is when things kind of changed. And I worked in a pharmacy for years when I was younger. And I can tell you, when someone dang near cuts their finger off, you get um, you get an antibiotic and a painkiller. You know that's yeah. just clockwork. That oxycodone, right? Yeah. And there's no way that that's not what he got. And then things started changing, right? Right. So um, it was just like arguments, and you can hear them through the wall. And this man is just like she was squealing like a banshee, just like you couldn't even make out what she says. And it's this little old lady, you know, yeah, you're right, right. that is like a, a church mouse. And then you hear this screaming that's just like, 
you can't even tell what she's saying, but it's so high pitch and loud. I can hear it through the wall, which by the way, are not paper thin. Like yeah. the lady on the other side, other side of our condo, I never heard a peep through that wall, you know, um, not once. Right. And so, you know, the arguments stop and Rob is like a great arguer, man. He's like, He's like the Steven Seagal of arguing, you know, who just like <laughs> uses her own momentum and just sends it right back to her, you know, nothing hateful, just like pitch perfect. So she's like screaming and you can hear the F word. And he's like, oh, you always got something to say, you know, just like the perfect response, you know, yeah. it's, it's not threatening. It's just like, you know, you got to beat them down verbally, but you can't be too me because they're ladies. But um, anyways, <laughs> it was just a constant stream of arguments through the wall and stuff. And um, this lady was just like, she became like a, a witch. You oh, know wow. what I mean? And I don't mean that as like a substitute for the B word. That's not what I mean. Right. I mean her like way she carried herself. Um, we have a friend named Olivia who is definitely watching this right now. She should comment on here. One night she was over at my house and, and she was hanging out. I went to bed and her and my wife were up to like three in the morning, just visiting, carrying on. And Olivia went to leave and they saw this dark figure coming from down the street that was just slowly walking towards them. And it ended up being this lady. And she was just like scowling. I thought she had rabies at first, to be oh entirely goodness. honest with you. Yeah. It was like like re- the reflection in her eye. It was like really weird. And Olivia, I'm sure if she's watching this, she will gladly comment and verify that that happened. Olivia came back inside, hung out until the coast was clear, and ran to her car later. So this went on probably for like, a couple months, honestly, uh-huh. of, you know, and um, then it was, my wife was teaching elementary school at the time and just right around the corner and like clockwork every day, she'd leave at six twenty-five in the morning. So one morning uh, she left at like six twenty-five, and it was six twenty-seven, and the door was knocking and ringing and I mean, this woke me up from dead sleep. And my first thought was like, please, like, let let her her have forgotten her keys and not that her car broke down. Mm-hmm, right. You know that. And uh, so I just run down the stairs, open the door, and it's this woman standing there. Like, um, I mean, I'm 40 years old. I live in Florida. I can tell when someone's like on something. Yeah. You know, and she's holding her face, and she's like, "Hey, Rob." Rob beat me and, and, uh, my face hurts. Do you have any, um, any medicine? And I was, you know, woken up and it's like, you know, I'm definitely not like a believe all women sort of thing. And I'm definitely hate a woman beater, you know, can't stand them. But it's like, lady, I hear everything through the wall and, I hear what he says. I hear what you say. You're not bleeding. Nothing's broken. It ain't swollen. Like you kind of deserve that sort of thing, you know? And I was just, I didn't say that to her. I was like, I I was like, I did not say that. And I, I said, I think I have some ibuprofen. Let me go check. 
yeah. and closed the door. And just out of habit, I just locked the door, you know, turned yeah. around to go inside, got about six steps. And I heard the handle like go, like she tried to open the door. And then I hear the doorbell ring and ring and ring. And I come and answer the door. And, um, and she goes, no, I mean like real medicine. And I know what she meant, you know, <laughs> she wanted drugs. And dude, I just slammed the door in her face. Yeah. I just slammed the door in her face. Like the, the level of just, I don't have a problem if you want drugs. I don't care. Yeah. If I have, look, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not bothered by that. But that is a, oh, by the way, conversation you know what i mean i do know what you mean it's like i haven't seen you in forever what's been going on with you oh yeah how's your family oh how's exorcisms going anyway by the way can i have a couple of perkies you got the perkies in the fridge yeah right yeah all right now do you by the way do you no um but that's a by the way question you know what i mean yeah this lady showed up at 6 27 and i was like she was waiting until my wife left to come over it's just my wife left and she couldn't have been out of the parking lot. And this lady was heading on over. I was like, that's shady, you know? And, um, you know, at that point, um, Rob started telling me what was going on, you know? And he said that he said about three months ago, which lined up, um, he was like, she fell off the wagon after being clean for a long time. And, um, that's it would have been, when that pit, when he got those pain pills, you yeah, know, yeah, and um, in my mind, that's what started it. And she just changed overnight. When they, when she first was around, like her, they would watch her daughter's giant. It was like it's like a poodle that's like as tall. I'd never seen anything like it. This giant poodle, and they would watch it for her. And her daughter was always over here, and her mom. Like when things started getting weird, like. There was no family coming around. That dog wasn't here. Like, I got the sense, like, he was the only person she had at that point. Yeah. And he was like, you know, he was like, she fell off the wagon. Things are bad. Um, And he was like, you know, I'm going to ask her to leave, get her help or whatever, you know. And um, that's when, like, the cops started showing up. Like, every day, multiple SUVs coming. Um one day a cop came to my house and uh, was like, hey, the, um, the lady next door said that her boyfriend was beating her all night last night. And it's like, that, that didn't happen. He was like, I, I figured, but I have to come. Like, the cops didn't even buy it. You know? Right, right. But things started getting weird around here, you know. Um, let me see. I made a list of all the stuff. Um so you're thinking there's a combination between the couch and this incident with this lady that sort of well, converged got, at your condo? Well, I, I that's what I think. Um, like uh, the couch thing happened, which I had not tied to it until much later, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that wasn't the only thing. The, some of the sounds that were coming from in there mm-hmm. – were were like it would sound like someone was falling down the stairs 
uh, only later did we realize, like right on the other side of our wall, mm-hmm. only, only, and we don't share a porch with him. You right. know what I mean? It's right, like right. two units and stairs that lead up to him. Yes. And he's the next one over. So he has his own front porch. And, um, I mean, every single night, like clockwork it would sound like a body was falling down the stairs on the other side of the wall. And it was only months later that my wife and I realized, oh, it, his apartment's like the mirror opposite of ours. So his stairs would not be on my wall, you know. Um, and she doesn't drive. And there'd be all kind of noises coming out of there. And I'd always go and look. And his car wouldn't be there. I'd say the front of our condo to the back of the condo is 35, maybe 50 feet, you know, something like that. Um, but one night we were just sitting there and it sounded like someone full dash sprinting and it had to be like 50, 50 steps just all across the condo on the other side of the wall. And it's like, I couldn't even, you couldn't take 50 steps from the front of the back and it was someone sprinting, you know? Right. And it was a lot of stuff like that sounds in the wall and stuff. Um, uh, a lot of the running. Um, and so he, he had with the cops being there, he had started talking to me a lot about what was going on. Not too many details, but he was like, yeah, she, you know, she started drinking, and um, she's acting crazy. And it's like, dude, that is not drinking. Sorry. You and know. there's there's no rodent problem at all? Like rodents couldn't be in the walls running, scurrying? No, no, no. Different sound? Okay. I've, 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 I've a possum on my roof that right. runs back and forth every night. Nothing yeah, like I, that. Squirrels. This is not that. Okay. <clears throat> this was definitely on the other side of the wall. Mm-hmm. And in the apartment next door. And it's like, I can't think of any animal other than some sort of like wild stock. Like this is like, you know, a a person sized animal that's, you know, I suppose that they could be, you know, throw down something from upstairs or there's something on the ledge that's falling down the stairs. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, we realized in retrospect that the stairs were, would have been on the other side of the apartment, you know? Right. Right. But um, so he told me, you know, she's drinking and I'm like, Ooh, there's a, that's a lie. And I don't care. You know, it's none of my business anyway. Um, And then she started, um, trying to steal he's like i cut her off financially she has no money and so then she started going and stealing at different stores around here he said stealing booze and getting arrested and of course like how you hear about these um these people getting out of jail with no bail and stuff on the news you Mm -hmm. know they're like yeah they lock them up and they're out in 30 minutes with no and i was like i'm sure that's not the case oh it is yeah Uh, because this lady was home every evening acting insane yeah. After she was arrested all over town. Um, so I am here to verify that those stories are true. Yeah. And so um, he, he was like, you know, she's going to rehab and there was always an excuse for why she couldn't. Um, my wife, when she was teaching kindergarten, I'm just trying to think of all these things. She had this little, uh, I found a, she had an elf on the shelf that she found incredibly useful mm-hmm. at Christmas time with these kindergartners that she was teaching. They're kind of creepy. And, 
honestly. Incredibly effective tool. I mean, honestly, the whole story behind them, like there's this little thing that's watching you all the time. Look, I have Uh, Mandalorian on a mantle. I have a little (laughs) Boba Fett figure that I put on my mantle every year for Christmas, and he's Mandalorian on a mantle. Well, that's a little bit better than the elf. A little bit better. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I'd rather deal with Boba Fett than the elf on the shelf. (laughs) Well, my wife, she taught, um, she had one white student. Um, the, the overwhelming majority of her students were black kids and she felt very, it was very important to get a black elf on the shelf that looked like her students, yeah. you know what I mean? Right. And, and which turned out to be not an easy task. She couldn't find them online or anything. I'm actually like that. surprised she, by that. Yeah. She ended up, um, or maybe they were expensive for some reason. She drove to like Fairhope, Alabama cause the target there was the only place she could locate one. Maybe they were sold out or something. I don't know the circumstances, but it it was an expensive item when you factored in that she drove to Fairhope to get it and all that. So, you know, she was like, I definitely want to hang on to this thing after I use it. And um, granted, I, she misplaced this stuff. And I was like, I will put it somewhere. And it comes with this box that's like a special box, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I was like, I will put it somewhere, you know, and it was like the end of the school year and the kids were excited for summer and they were acting, you know, insane, like every child at the end of the school year. And she's like, I'm going to get candy, which is the little thing's name. She's like, I'm going to make candy uh, a little summer outfit, like a Hawaiian t-shirt or something like that. I'm going to bring candy back for the last week of school. Right. And, and she's like, candy's missing. And the box had sat on this table in this bedroom that I'm in right now, the table that I'm sitting at right now. Uh, candy had been in there all school year. Opened it up. Candy is missing. And, um, <laughs> you know, she was like, I'm going to give it this, another teacher at the end of the year to use. It was such like a powerful tool, which like I agree with you. It's pretty insane. Yeah. And candy just missing. And, you know, obviously there's a million things that could have happened to that. Um, but it was just one of a thousand different things that were creepy around here. And that's when we started talking about like all the ghosts, you know, all these things like that. Um, it was just like a running gag, all candy candies running around the house, which is surprisingly less scary than thinking that there's a white elf on the shelf. (laughs) I have to agree with that. Yeah, that Joker's getting shot. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, the, have you ever read the like start little book? Shooting? No, not my thing. I mean, have, no, I'm a child of the '70s. We didn't have that. No, well, we uh, we didn't either. But right. you know, when you have a kid, that, well, then, yeah. then things like that my, happen. My kids have fur. Inevitably, somebody <laughs> gives your kid one of these things. But Tony, have you ever read the book that goes with an elf on the shelf? It's a creepy story. I don't. I feel like I have, but not like. We have a finite amount of space in our heads. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> right. And you don't I need room like for it. that. I mean, nobody needs right. room for that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I remembered all of your names. <laughs> you know, it yeah. was that or remember the elf on the shelf story. I do know about the Jewish one on Shark Tank. You know what I'm talking about? The, I don't know that the one. Men, it's like a mensch on a bench or something. They're like, Jewish kids <laughs> that have this same thing. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> There's some things you don't want to keep up with the men on a bench. Like, no. 
that's yeah. creepy, dude. Oh, well, that's and I if... have nothing, no problem with Jewish people, but I don't want like a. Oh, presumably, the, the, when... presumably the, the the mensch on the shelf is the Uber mensch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like a go- a golem or something, right? Like a well, star I, child or something. I, I take it over a dibic on a shelf. You know, what I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> dude, I yeah. had to sell. Dude, I come up with the. Oh, I went to that museum and I saw that dibic. You box. saw the dibic. What did you think of that, yeah. Father? Did you like it? Uh, I did well. I did. What did like you, well, it, let me tell you. I wonder if you felt the did same way feel, we did. What did you feel we from right it? Did you feel it. evil? Did you feel something else? What did you feel? Um, you know, I was I was most um, disturbed by the little shrine uh, offering tape <laughs> offering kind of altar they've got next to it. Uh-huh. Um, so I just thought, you know, if there was any doubt as to whether this was evil or not, that's the answer. No good can come from that. Yeah, well, that's true. O- off- offering some kind of, you know, appeasing uh, sacrifice, you know, to say, leave me alone. Like, no. <laughs> just like, just like, what's the, the other one, that room where they've got that doll where you're supposed to sort of say hello and goodbye. And Peggy. Peggy, yeah, Peggy. Yeah, and I was well, like, I'm not, She I'm, called me a I'm bitch, which is goodbye. accurate. <laughs> I'm not saying hello and goodbye. I'm not in any way... Uh, she got, that you have any say over what I say or do. She got really pissy when we came in. A lot <laughs> yeah, of vulgarity she, came out of her mouth. She didn't care for us at all. Yeah, she didn't come out. I'm which sorry. is fine. I don't care for her either. I'm sorry, Tony. <laughs> go ahead. We just I wanted. Oh, we got off on the sidebar. I was gonna say Olivia, who I mentioned earlier, uh-huh. can verify the psycho that was next door. Yeah, um, she's a fantastic comic. You should have her on sometime. Uh, sure. she, her and uh, my buddy Kirby are in a relationship and they went down to Key West and they, by the airport, they saw the Robert, the doll. Yeah. And you're not supposed to talk to it. And right. She, I guess the person in front of her was really rude to it. And she was like, I'm sorry. That guy was such a prick. And Kirby's like, why are you talking to it? And they came back and both of them, like their lives got like crazy after that. And yeah. it's, again, the inviting it in, thing i don't know how i feel about that you know but um oh but speaking of a dibbing box this is a tangent i feel it well this uh, show's but, tangential uh, so we're, you're good we're, yeah we're tangent centric yeah, yeah. So. yeah i don't want to call myself uh i want to use the word jew um as a self-description i'm a bit of like a mensch i'm <laughs> uh <laughs> when it comes to money you know um like I'm always looking for new and exciting ways to make money. <laughs> but uh, I made a Dybbuk box to try to sell on eBay. Oh, I'm so ahead of my time on the sale of haunted items. Like I got this little jewelry box that my mother-in-law was like throwing away. And I was like, I'll take it. I'll turn it into a Dybbuk box. And I like got my, child teeth and put some hair in there and used wax to seal it up they never sold and ultimately my wife found it and was like what in god's name is this i was like that's a whole thing baby like don't even you know worry about that i tried you know did you hear about that lady selling her farts online some lady from 90 day fiance I did I hear put, about that. I did. Guilty. Yeah, yeah I, I did that. hear about that. I did that. That, that might still be in my eBay store, but I was like, my name's Tony. I live in Florida, and this is one of my farts. I, I spent 26 like, years dodging bullets, no, and, and a woman, I and like, I could have sold my farts. See, that's all you have to do. What that's was all I thinking? You have to do. What was I thinking? Making money's easy. Oh, what's the, what's my the goodness. Is a waste of time. No one bought it. No 
figure. It said, my name is Tony. I live in Florida, and this is one of my farts. It was a big, it was a big one. Enjoy. God bless. Like on the cover of it, no yeah, one bought it. No one bought it. Um, yeah, you needed a you needed a little stick, that. Tony. That's the problem. No, you didn't not, have stick. Not, not even a Jeep gay. Not even no. a Jeep gay wanted it, right? <laughs> but I will tell you. Um, I will tell you that this whole me doing things like that started with my buddy Kirby. Uh, this was probably like ten or fifteen years ago. Uh, his girlfriend at the time was having a, a garage sale, and she had all this crap. Uh, and uh, she had this mirror, and she was like, "God, I, I want the next person who comes. I'm going to tell them they can just take it, like just take it. I want it gone, you know." Yeah. And I was like, "Let me." And she was had a, like a dot one dollar or something like that. And I was like, "Give me one second. And I wrote "Haunted Mirror" five dollars. It was gone like that. And I was like, "Whoa!" Right. Tony has a new hobby selling haunted items, you know. <laughs> and but uh, again, I don't know if those or types of scenarios where you're inviting something, you know, into your life. In retrospect, my financial uh, well-being, I'll take my chance. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I can sell a pretend debit box online <laughs> and <laughs> – well, you know, look, some people might object to this, the, the, the inauthenticity, but I'm going to say, you know, if you're trying to buy a Dybbuk box online, yeah. you kind of deserve. There's already kind of an issue yeah. there. You yeah. kind of deserve. It's already a problem. You know, it's, it comes right. back to buyer beware and, you know, it's kind of your problem and you shouldn't be looking for that online anyway. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to justify it that way. <laughs> Buy or be, buy or beware. That's my new business idea. Now I'm going to make signs that say buy or beware. Buy or beware. Jeep gaze. Well, B-I. yeah. I mean, if there's enough Jeep gaze out there, I mean, they're yeah, but everywhere, you dude. But you can't you can't confuse them with cheap gaze. Yeah. No such thing. No such thing. I've never really known a cheap gay. gay. No, no, they have all the all the gay people I know are very generous. Definitely have class and good taste. Yeah, Yeah. you have to say that you're the host. Well, no, it's true. (laughs) No, it's pretty. I mean, mean, I'm actually Atlanta sweetheart. Can say anything. I mean, honestly, I'm I've never been one to uh, beat around the bush. So I mean, I I get in trouble all the time. Cheap gays. No. You beat me to it. Yeah. Now, I find I am pretty good. Life, I, I find in my life that a majority of the Jeep gays that I encounter aren't even gay. You know, um, they're just, or they well, don't. Is, is there a kind of test you have? Yeah, if you drive a Jeep, I'm gonna stop by getting drawn into being a comedian. No. Stay in your lane, Father. Stay in your lane. Okay, well, let me let me move the story forward. Do I have time to do that? Well, actually, you know, yeah. we're really coming up pretty much at the top of the hour. So why don't you hold okay. that thought? Let's take our okay. first break. We focus here. on the yellow couch. Yeah, and we'll yes. pick it up in about yes. ten minutes, bud. Yeah, we'll be right back after this. Love don't it. go away. <laughs> Sitting, sitting, sitting at the same old workplace. What's the point of this chase? To just bite our old tail. Wishing, wishing, wishing that something would change. That we could turn back the page and live like our favorite fairy tales. So we'll love. 
so free in a world of our fantasy. Flying on dragons through sky high city. These are childhood dreams. It's how we used to be. We were kings and queens in our childhood dreams. Oh. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Dreams. It's how we used to be 
dreams.
Welcome back, everyone, to the second part of Vestiges After Dark. We're talking with Tony Burkett about his experiences and going off on tangents, as we usually do on this show. Perhaps more so than usual tonight, but <laughs> it's still an adventure, isn't it? Um, and we're we're going to be getting some of his questions now. He's been collecting questions. He does stand-up comedy, and he's been collecting questions from his audience for us. So we'll be answering some of those and as well as some of yours. The number to call is 347-514-7150. That's 347-514-7150. Enter pin number 3768923 to get into the queue. I'll have that number up on screen here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Part two coming up. been having our usual internet issues haven't we so um uh, hopefully those of you who switched over to spreaker the audio only version of the live feed um we are now back on youtube make sure that you are subscribed to the nickelan tv channel and make sure notifications are on so that you know when we come back if i can i'll get that feed back up and running sometimes i have to wait to the break but if i have an, uh, a moment i can sometimes get it back up more quickly than that and this is just what we're going to have to do until we fix whatever the problem is now I'm starting to wonder if it isn't something to do with the simulcast service that we're using. I'm wondering if that's not it. So what I think I'm going to do next week is I think I'm going to see about streaming directly to YouTube only, bypassing the simulcast service. And then what we'll do is we'll just put links out on uh, Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else that we would normally be streaming and see if it gets through the show without any kind of problems or drop frames or anything like that. And if it does, um, then I guess we'll try it again the following week. And if we can consistently keep a healthy stream by directly streaming to YouTube, we might just have to get rid of the simulcast service. There's three services that we're using for actually to run this show we've got spreaker to do the audio and the podcast version we've got um the uh software that simulcasts it out to all the various platforms we've got uh the studio software that actually controls the audio video feed 
And then we have, you know, um, YouTube directly that is taking that feed. And of course, Facebook too, and Twitter and everywhere else. So I am going to have to, I think, isolate by going step by step and trying to see which one it is. Now, if we're finding that no matter what we do, it drops out, then we'll know for sure it is uh, our internet connection. My concern is I run a weekly webinar for my students. And even though we sometimes have like buffering, it never like cuts out. No, not at all. You know, sometimes you'll just have like some, some stuttering in the picture, but the audio is always there. And uh, we never like lose the, the, the stream for the class. And that, that class is usually at least an hour to two hours long. Um, the mass is an hour and a half, two hours. Um, we never have problems with the mass. So that's totally different software that uses that. For my class, I'm using a, a, a seminar software that's completely independent from what I'm using for vestiges. And for the mass, we're just streaming that directly using a simulcast service that is a, a Prism app on my cell phone. Um, so two different platforms, they work just fine. And those aren't hard. I mean, well, the I guess the webinar is hardwired, but the the feed for the church when we do mass is not hardwired. So I think that's what it is. I'm still going to have to work on it. But so next week, we're probably not going to simulcast. We're probably just going to try a direct feed to YouTube. We'll have to make sure that our um, moderators, please make sure that the links are on all of the various social media that we have. Okay. All right. Let's get back to tonight's show. So Tony, I know you've got questions. You said that there's lots of questions. I know the audience has questions. I put the phone number up there on screen. If you want to call in, talk to Tony, talk to one of us, have a question answered. Uh, if you have a comment, by all means, call into the show. We'll take your question, and you get the chat room, too, if you want to just chat with us. Um, but, Tony, you've been collecting questions from your from your audience out there, so I, I guess have, let's do it. Let's I, do it. I have been. Also, I, I found some wine. Oh, right. It, so. it looks like uh, you got um, some hooch over there. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's actually uh, 2022 Pinot Grigio, oh. and I just... I put it all in a mason in jar. Uh, well, you should be drinking shine jar. out of that jar, bud. <laughs> it's a pickle jar. Thank you. Though. All right. Hey, okay. Whatever works. As long as it's glass. <laughs> At least it's not plastic, right? Right. Glass it's is good. Plastic. Oh, oh, it's a plastic. Oh, my it's goodness. Not, it's not. It's not. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. There Carry you on. go. So now you're joining right. the. In, so, in Australia, we call that goon. Good. Of the many inventions invented in Australia, one of them is the, is the Chateau de Cardboard, you know, wine in a cardboard box. Oh, yes. And, um, and inside is it's foil, right? It's a foil bag. And so that's a goon bag, you know? So oh, okay. Goon, that's what you're drinking. Yeah. All right. A goon bag. A I would have never guessed yeah. that. Getting education. Yeah, yeah. It sounds perverse. It, sa it sounds yeah. kind of perverse, doesn't it? Remind me of the yeah. Goonies. <laughs> I find that I turn most things perverse. Well, that's Not on okay. purpose. It's just like. I, th I, I think it's the lot of a stand up comedian. I think it's yeah. kind of, you know, it's where, it's Is where, it? it's where it needs to be. So maybe y'all did that also. But. <laughs> well, actually, there's not too much of a difference between being a, a priest and a stand up comedian. I mean, you get heckled. Um, you know, if you're not funny, they walk out. <laughs> <laughs> have you been heckled while preaching oh yes oh, God, all the time yeah. almost every week really yeah 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 
It's a, like it's, what kind of heckle? I think they're like. Um, at, oh, know, more often than not, it's if you prick someone's conscience. Yeah, which is the whole point, by the way, uh, of a homily. And and so, uh, yeah, if you say something that challenges somebody's, you know, sinful yeah, habits, they don't you like tickle it. their guilt, so they have to lash out because they don't want to deal yeah. with it. And a lot of people yeah. that that are looking for religion are looking for answers because they are intrinsically unstable people. Um, mm. So you churches tend to attract a lot of unstable people, um, which so, is good. Yeah, you know, well, it is. It's, it's there for healing. Somewhere for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, See, I feel yeah. I find most people unstable, and the ones everyone is who, the ones who <laughs> don't seem unstable are typically the the most unstable. You know, I find the craziest people that I encounter kind of have it have their stuff together on you know. I know what you On mean. Paper. It's that kind of facade, facade of um, yeah, it's yeah, a facade well, of stability. Like, yeah. In stand-up comedy, you know, even you find these straight-laced people who don't curse and are just like TV, uh, TV clean in every aspect are usually the ones. You know, Bill Cosby. Yeah. Um, I I Seinfeld. People don't ever talk about how he took a girl to prom when he was like. 35 or 40 or something. He was like dating a girl in high school. Really? Don't ever, which I will say, as far as television shows go, that will make you like kind of look past stuff like that. Yeah. I can separate the art from the artist. Yeah. And it's stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know, that I'm like, well, you know, he did. He is Seinfeld of Seinfeld, you know. <laughs> it is my, fa- it is one of my favorite sitcoms. It is. Trust me, it's it fantastic. is. fantastic. <laughs> I like, love that show. Yeah. Give him a high schooler. Well, I mean, I don't know about that, but I mean, I, I, like, like you said, I, I don't All really. Right, that was a test. Yeah, and you passed it. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's see. Let's get to the first question that you collected, and I, like I said, don't don't censor or filter it. We can handle it. Okay. All right, you asked for it. I did. Now, uh, my first question I want to ask you is, um, I came up with this when the gentleman asked you the question earlier, Uh um, and you were saying you invite ghosts in or whatever. Um, Can a ghost, are they aware of what you're doing? Instinctually, they have some rudimentary awareness, but it's not like cognitive ability. It's not like how we would perceive each other or how we're perceiving each other now. Right now we have brains and that has cognitive function. Um, but, you know, you don't take your brain with you into um, the spiritual world. That's something that kind of rots away with the body. It's part of the body. And a lot of your rationality and cognitive ability, well, in fact, all of it is part of your brain. So the spiritual reality is more of an instinctual um, uh, place of feeling. So there's, 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 um, it's not as, as clear um, what's going on, which is why when spirits are separated from their body in a traumatic death or something like that, and they don't have the spiritual foundation to know what to do, um, or they don't have the grace to get the help that they need to move on. They don't know how to navigate um, it. They don't know how to, yes, they don't know how to navigate it, and so therefore they're very confused and lost, and essentially you become sort of the last thought and feeling that you had. So um, dying well means dying peacefully, dying skillfully, 
um, being very much but, but that, in that's, a state that, of worship. That's also why it's just an extension of ordinary priestly ministry or any Christian ministry, really, because um, we're only ever signposts. You, know, mm-hmm. you, you act as a signpost yes. for the way. Yeah. You know, I mean, religion goes wrong when people confuse um, uh, confuse the role of signpost with the role of Messiah. Yes. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, I mean, that great description of, of evangelism of of um, uh, a thirsty man in the desert telling another thirsty man where the source of water is. Yes. You know, it's that that's that's what it really means to be a Christian, and so. Um, we're only ever signposts, and if we ever confuse ourselves, well, it's a bit like you know, in in the Bible, Jesus enters Jerusalem on a donkey, you know, right? And uh, there's a, there's a, a kind of um, uh, uh, I've forgotten the term because I'm live, but um, you know, when you get in <laughs> Lectio Divina, there's a sort of Lectio Divina, Lectio Divina, yeah, that, that, that you imagine yourself as the donkey, yeah, and you know, you're you're so you're the donkey going into Jerusalem, and all of these crowds are cheering, and you can confuse you can think that they're cheering you yeah. instead of the one you're carrying. Yes. You know, yes. And, and I think that often happens with, with clergy. Um, it's kind of seductive. Um, but yeah, we're signposts. And so we're, we're sort of signposts to people who can't think anymore. I think though, because um, I nodded at first when you said that, because I was thinking of something different, uh, Tony, which is um, the demonic, because they definitely know who we are mm-hmm. uh, and what we're about. So often, um, you know, especially if the if the demon is ready to be delivered, <laughs> they will react when we turn up. Yeah, in, sure there, there's definitely a level of what I would call intellection with a demon that is not present with a um, a disembodied spirit or a lost because, soul. Because the demon has a huge intellect, an intellect superior to ours. Yes. Or an angel, um, a fallen angel. A fallen angel, yes. Is I mean, there a fallen angel? Yes, an, an authentic fallen angel. I mean, most yeah. of the time, you know, as we've talked about a lot on this show, that's not a mm. common occurrence typically. But, um, yeah, so I hope that answers the question. So really, I mean, I guess to make it simple, no, they're not aware of us in the same way that we're aware of them. So it's like sometimes we, we actually recently on this show talked about how, you know, if you were taking a shower – you know, and is there a ghost watching you take a shower? Um, you know, that could be unsettling to some people, but the fact is they're not seeing reality the way that we see reality. So their experience of it is very different, very confused, mostly instinctual, um, very, very much a, in, from a place of feeling. So it's more, I guess, like how a small animal might perceive you. In fact, I would say even a small animal probably has more cognitive function than even a, a, a ghost does. Okay. Well, see, that's good to know because, and I may have even mentioned this the last time I was on here, but I had like a running theory that um, everybody's house is haunted. Yes. And then well, it's, yeah, they, it is. that's correct. But they only bother you if you're unbearable. You know what I mean? If I'm trapped here for eternity and you live an interesting life, like why would I want you to leave? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I was like, you know, are they aware of what you do? Because um, you watch these shows where people are talking about hauntings and it's never anyone you would want to hang out with. <laughs> right. it's all what, you know what I mean? Yeah. But legitimately, yeah. you're like, this person does not seem like, and no wonder that they're like, leave, get out, you know? Yeah. Like, um, I and... Uh, 
So, yeah, I was just curious about that. I mean, they can pick up on that energy. So if you're a very, like, negative person, um, you know, they will they will definitely re- receive that. So a person that's energetically not aligned to that is not going to want to be around that and could actually act out violently around somebody like that. And But vice versa, if a person... Is a, if a ghost that's in that particular location is energetically aligned to negativity, then they'll feed off of it and it will even get worse. So um, there is, a again, rudimentary awareness. It's just not the same kind of awareness as we would understand. But, but also, I, I would say to the crowd that feel unnerved by being watched, <laughs> um, we are being watched all the time. We, you know, we, we like to think we're being watched over, you know, by, <laughs> by, our, by our guardian angels, by the saints, by the yeah. Lord himself, you know, um, but we are being watched. I think yeah, people are okay it, with being watched by omniscience. I'm not sure they like other I'm people sure watching them. Try being on a ghost I adventure have, shoot <laughs> with, with, with a possible demonic entity and you've got to use the bathroom in the same house you're investigating. That, that'll, you know. I just see that'll, I, that'll make you I'm say a few things of, in the dark. I'm at a point in my life where, and I am no, um, I'm no, um, I can't think of the word cause I'm live, but I'm no, um, exhibitionist by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but I turned 40 in June and like the idea of someone seeing me shout, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care at all. Like whatever, you know? Yeah. And, it, it's, it's the grace, like, it's the grace of um, pushing the wheelbarrow of middle age uphill, isn't it? That you, 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 uh, you suddenly care far less about what, trust me. I just, I just turned 50 <laughs> and I could give a, a good God I, bless. I, I, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't give I'm a, over all that. I couldn't give a good shit about that. No. I mean, uh, <laughs> At any almost any point in my life, it just was like you know. This I remember true. I went, I moved into a, a, a my, not this house, but the previous house that we had purchased. Um, the bathroom had like this uh, sort of like this film on the window that I guess the previous owner had put up over the bathtub that created sort of like a um, frosted effect. a frosted yeah. effect, yeah, yeah, so that you couldn't really Chris, see through. Chris, you want to make a Jeep gay joke? There you go. <laughs> I nearly made one before. There you go. <laughs> I'm very proud of myself. Well, I mean, a Jeep uh, gay know, might have a, a Jeep gay might have enjoyed this, but it'd be basically it was a frosted film. It was a, fro- it was a frosted film, and it started to peel away. Um, I guess because over time it had been there a while, and humidity and everything else wears it away. And so there's like, like there's there's little spots where you could see through. And um, the, the inspector of the house actually put it on his report. And when he's taking me through the house, he, he said, really? he did. And, he's, mean, and he said, he a- says, now he says, you, now this, this needs to be changed because he says, if you, t- if you take a shower, uh, someone might be able to see you. And so I said, go to Lowe's and get some film. I, I said, I said, I said <laughs> to the inspector, I said, look, I said, if somebody's going to take the time to somehow climb up to this second story right. building <laughs> and peek through that little hole in this film, I said all the power to them. If they if they're that desperate to see my sorry white ass, then let them do it. <laughs> Dude, it that is an incredible confidence boost. If someone's yeah. climbing up to the second floor, to I see mean, my, I must be hey, something Tony, special, you know. I mean, Tony, it, it might be a way to make money. See, I, there well, you go. Yeah. I see. I missed an opportunity there. I missed yeah. an opportunity on TikTok. Yeah. See that down. <laughs> I'm telling you, just put little, you know, put the frosted glass, you know, call a few Jeep gays over and you might be all set. 
You know? Oh, frost the glass. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, I mean, um, so basically, back back to what we were we were saying. So yeah, the cognitive function is not there, and that's typically what we know about awareness. But okay. um, yeah, it's different for them. But they have awareness; it's just not the kind of awareness that we're used to. All right, here's a question for you, and this is from Mason Guttery on okay. social media. Mason, Mason okay. says, have you ever encountered a mass legion possession of one person? Yes. Like Absolutely. A multitude of, I would, okay. I would say most genuine possessions that are actually being, um, um, uh, I hate to say the word, officiated, but that's kind of how they behave, isn't it? Um, any kind of possession that's that that's being instigated, let's say that, by a uh, actual fallen angel, usually comes in, in, in multiples of. Uh, well, it has to. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it does, it does practically speaking. But, yeah. Uh, theologically, it has to. I mean, you know, uh, the, the essence of God is unity. You yeah. know, the the name for God, which I won't say because uh, uh, Jews don't appreciate it. The name for God in the in the Old Testament means "I am who is." Yeah, mm-hmm. and the the essence, so it's the essence of, is unity of God. You know, think about Jesus. That my prayer is that you'll be one as I and the Father are one. Yeah, um, the essence of the demonic or of the devil of Satan it's is division. It's, it's fracture. I, yeah. I am who is not. Yeah. you know, I am who isn't. It's the lie and, and the fracture, and 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 therefore, you know, um, the demon possessed man is legion. We are many. Um, because they're always divided yeah. and therefore they're always multiple. And they're, they're divided, divided within... They, they, and they hate one another as well. They hate one another. Well, they're you know, divided no within themselves. It's kind yeah. of like, um, you know, where... I mean, if you really pay attention to your, your own psyche, you're going to find that there's internal conflict that you experience from a day-to-day basis. There's going to be parts of you that agree to, you know, want to do yeah. something and a part of you that's reluctant to do something. Um, so we're not even one thing. The, you know, we hold ourselves together largely by the grace of God. But I mean, when you look at the very word schizophrenia, literally is f- fractured psyche. So when you're when you're looking at a um, a demon, which is as Father Chris just indicated that they they are they're always divided. Um, you know, sometimes you you might do a, you might take a case. Let's say it's a genuine possession, and you're going through the rites of exorcism. You're doing solemn exorcism where you ask. Well, no, you don't ask. You demand in the name of Christ for that demon's name, and the 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 demon says Lucifer. Let's say. Um, and then, you know, you do your exorcism, you, 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 you successfully remove this presence from that person's life. And then you're on another case, um, a week later. And this case is another genuine possession. And then, um, you know, you're going through the rites of exorcism and, and, uh, the lo and behold, lo and behold you know, you ask who it is, it's, it's Lucifer again. So people are asking me, did they jump? Did it, did it leave that person go to that person? Um, what about when you're working two cases at the same time and both of them say they're Lucifer? Uh, how can Lucifer possess two people at the same time? Because Lucifer is not one thing. It's like taking a plate Lucifer's out of not your even, cabinet and throwing it on the ground and it shatters. It's still one plate, but it's in hundreds of pieces now. Correct. Lucifer's not even a even a name of a demon. Um, it, it, it's a name that they've taken on. 
um, because there's now a biblical association. But uh, the word Lucifer means light bringer. Um, you know, they're and also it, not temporal. They're eternal. They're eternal creatures. Yes, and uh, I mean that's why their damnation is eternal. Yes, you know, um, and and so they're not limited by the sense of one-to-one interaction that we are. Right. Yes. It's a, you know, um, we tend to look at things in a very lin- linear yeah. way when, you know, you, when these types of things you can't. Yeah. So yeah, the answer to the question I, I is may, absolutely. I honestly may have mentioned this last time I was on too, but um, do you ever, do y'all ever think about that whenever you see they, them pronouns? Does that ever occur oh, yeah. to you? I do. Well, I do too. It, it, I, we, I, I, got, I don't mind saying it, you know. Yeah, I justify it when someone's like, "Call me they them." I was like, "I will absolutely do that for you." I but. don't like the they them pronouns because of the plural connotation. I actually got into a little bit of a, a disagreement a while back with someone over this, and I and I said it's confusing. Because we and our the English language associates they and them with 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 plural typically. I mean, there are exceptions to that, you know. But um, you know, you might say when you know working in the office, it might be a rude way of doing it. But you might say, "Hey, can you go give that to them?" Um, but you know, usually you know, when you're saying they and them, you're referring to multiple people. So yeah, I don't know if that's a. I mean, if that's the right pronoun for people that don't want to identify with a particular gender because it is confusing to the rest of us who speak English um, that, you know, um, it it kind of implies that you're talking about multiple people and if you're only talking about you. I I also think English is, I mean, uh, just to clarify, I'm not suggesting all people that want to be called they are possessed, but um, I think (laughs) uh, English is the ultimate expression of... (laughs) <laughs> English is the ultimate expression of, li- of libertarianism. English was never designed by anybody. Mm-hmm. It's come about because, well, primarily because the Normans invaded England and Anglo-Saxon was fused with French and therefore, and then Chaucer, you know, puts this down. And so we, and then we end up with these, with these scary and haunting accents, uh, according to you, Tony. But, um, uh, you know, uh, but English can't be controlled. In other words, now that works both ways. I mean, I can't demand that people don't say I, I refer to myself as they and I'd rather you call me they. I can't demand that. But neither can they demand that I use that language because right. there is no central authority that polices language. And if there Not ever yet. were, <laughs> I, I would take up arms against it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, and that's the whole point of what Jordan Peterson's on about. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he he's saying this is not about individual trans people or relationships you have with whoever you have, but this idea that you can legislate to demand certain language be used. That's the problem. It doesn't matter what the subject matter is, but, but the, the whole English common law system uh, in the history of common law, we've never had required speech. And we, we, I, I agree. People are moving in such ways as to demand uh, required speech from people. That's what's not on. And that's what I'll never, ever consent to or assent to. And, it, and it's against the very fundamentals of how the English language or any language, to be honest, has developed. Well, um, I mean, you know, I don't, you know, that's my kind of suppose, you know, like I, I hate it, though. <laughs> I mean, how far do you take it? Like, let's say somebody's like, well, I'm walking down the street and um, somebody yells at me. Hey, you. I mean, um, that's not my name. 
Um, is that a violation of these language laws? Because that's not how I want to be. That's not how see, I want to be addressed. You know, when I'm see, walking down like, the street, y'all, y'all aren't aren't looking at this right. <laughs> like you're really not. Like I understand the whole uh, Jordan Peterson thing and pushing back against this type of stuff, but I'm just letting it happen until we reach a spot where I can say I identify as a dog and I can piss in someone's yard and be like, I People guess are already this doing is that. my house now. Yeah, People are already wanna, doing that. Yeah. I want to just pee in someone's yard and be like, this is mine now and you got to go. And I would also just like to say uh, the points that you brought up about uh, Anglo-Saxons and Chaucer, um, I, I think those were great points. I know what you're talking about. I read a lot of books, and I agree. You know, I think I'm the first person to say I like meeting people where they're at in life, and, um, you know, no, none of us are, uh, you know, none of us are hitting the mark perfectly. So, you know, we all have our difficulties and challenges. Um, but I would like to encourage people that do find themselves either confused or, or trying to, you know, identify a different way than how their sexuality is arranged, um, that don't be seduced, even by your own psyche. I'm not suggesting it's a demon or some kind of spirit doing this to you. But don't be seduced even by your own psyche to not be accepting of who you are and the way you are. My biggest problem with people that say that I was born wrong, I was born, I'm a, I'm a woman in a man's body and stuff like that, um, is it, it intrinsically is saying that that it's a, it, it's ultimately an unacceptance of yourself um, and an unwillingness to accept yourself for who you are. That's the problem I have with it. It's not about you know the the, the challenges and the difficulties and you know I I think that my problem is when when psychology or a therapist or society at large is simply just is becomes permissive of this type of thing. I think you're doing a disservice to people who might be legitimately confused and don't know how to work well, with this. Uh, it's definitely a, a social contagion because uh, it's a sociological problem because mm -hmm. the, these problems, they're not creeping up all over the world. They're not even creeping up all over America. Yeah, It's in New York. It's in Los Angeles. It's in big cities. Yeah. It's in And it's in places where... Uh, you see, the connection is that when people... Are um, when their culture is stolen, you know, or or um, or actively destroyed. I mean, you know, we are from a Judeo-Christian culture, from a Western culture, from an English common law culture. Uh, all of us here. Um, I know there are people that watch that aren't from an English common law culture, but you know, you're, you're from your own cultural milieu. Um, when you when all of those things are, this is why it is neo-Marxist because they they attack those things and it leaves people with no sense of who they are. And then they'll they'll grasp at straws, left, right, and center, to try and find something on which they can hang an identity. And unfortunately, the things that are on offer are really shallow and really... Um, uh, that's why they're dangerous, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because because it's not enough to, to build a life upon. And, yeah. and the answer to... to existential crisis which is really what you know what comes about yeah um is not to offer um is not to offer um 
what do you call fake tablets? A placebo. Yeah. It's not, you know, right, it's right. not to offer a placebo. It, you know, it needs much deeper work. And so I'm with you, Bishop Brian. I, I mean, much as I, you know, I'm setting out my stall and saying that, you know, I think it's really pernicious and insidious and, and, and uh, a terrible thing to hang your hat on. Um, we have to be accepting of people because that's the only way to say, listen, you know, I love you because I love you. Uh, I'm not going to agree with everything you say. And, I'm, and I will try and help you to re to, to, to place your foundations in, in bedrock. Now, of course, I believe that bedrock is, is Christ uh, and the church. And um, can the church do more to be, to be more um, ac- accepting of, of people coming in? Yes. But it also should do far more at saying, here is the revealed truth. And this is one that, that, you don't have to take my word for it, has sustained um, millions of people over thousands of years. You know, that, that, and that's what the church has to offer. And, that, and that's why the challenge is to the church to, yes, be accepting. But that doesn't mean adopting cultures that are incompatible with Christian, Christian faith. We have our own culture that's developed, and it's a good one. And, and, and it's one that um, uh, needs to be communicated. That's the act of evangelism, to be at, at once accepting, as Christ was accepting of prostitutes, but not saying and carry on to them, carry on being a prostitute, you know? Well, that's my concern um, is like, you know, sometimes in the, in the, in the interest of, of, of tolerance, um, people might be getting lost along the way, you know, where they might need help and guidance and they're not getting it. They're just being told, Oh, you're, that's okay. Um, but they might not need that, that response. They might need a more complex response. They need, might need mm-hmm. to talk through because I still, firmly feel from having worked with um, individuals that that have dealt with this and have talked extensively with them that deep down it's a it's a it's a crisis of of self-identity within and it's of it's, meaning yeah, yeah of meaning and everything it's what they're looking for and that's where that's what that's the catalyst for this so if society's just saying oh well here's your category here's your rainbow go go parade around and be who you are that's not the answer that most of these people no, really need because ultimately it's still looking at a, a, a solution outside of yourself right in, be in accepting words, of who I mean, you are i, I, I don't need fixed if you if you use my pronouns if you do that you know, well all my, my, my meaning is is subject to somebody else that's a very bad way to live your it life. is because my <laughs> argument is you're looking for my validation from me yeah. but you're you don't valid you haven't validated yourself yet yeah so equality is um me be offending you mm-hmm. like if i think you're my equal if i put on kid gloves to talk to you it's mm-hmm. because i think you're less than me in some ways like i'm a, i'm visually impaired i don't talk about it in my comedy or anything like that but i'm legally blind and a long time ago i realized my wife she had started a new school and she told her co-workers as she always does like my husband has cancer and he's visually impaired and, um, you know, time passed and I met one of her colleagues. And when I met her, she was like, oh, hi, hi, how are you? And I realized she was talking to me like I was a child. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it wasn't it wasn't mean, but she felt bad for me. Yeah. And I just told her I was like, hey, I am I'm just blind. Like, I don't have 
I'm not like mentally handicapped or anything. I'm just <laughs> right. can't see. I'm just the same. Yeah. And she felt bad about it. Yeah. But I realized that she like felt pitied me or, you know, thought she was better than me. And I was like, I'm never going to treat anybody like that. Yeah. And I'm not going to say terrible things. Like, you know, in my cu- cussing days, I wouldn't like cuss around my parents or my grandparents because that would, that's, it would upset them or like, I'm not going to forcefully try to upset them, but it's like, yeah, we were raised. You do not cuss around grandma and grandpa. It's like, (laughs) if you want me to, if you want me to, to treat you equally and you tell me, call me this, it's like, how about, uh, I'll try. And, and if you're still doing this in two years, I'll make a very concerted effort to do it. But let's see when this is not the hot in vogue thing to be doing, mm. you yeah. know. And 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 that's not me being a, a, a jerk. Well, when, when, when so you know there is such a thing as gender dysphoria, of course, and it's, and it's oh, still sure. there. It's, it's still a diagnosis. But, yeah. but, but when that goes up six thousand percent in one right. city, that's my thing. That's yeah. not. That is not no. mental illness. That is a social no. contagion. Mm-hmm. There's did no you, doubt about you, it. Did you know this about yourself when it would have made your life more difficult? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I saw a HBO docu-series about the the person who invented this three-wheel car. And it was like a trans woman. um, And like it was a a problem. Like uh, she really had to like – she was outed nationally – as being trans and all this stuff, and people were just terrible to her. And in spite of all that, she was like, I mean, this is who I am. And it's like, yes, I believe you. Mm-hmm. I believe you. But whenever it's like, I'm special because I'm this or that or the other, and it's a net positive, it's like, I mean, well, I think look, it comes down, Tony, to, my- to, I think it comes down to like a, a, a self-esteem issue. And that this is a way of trying to find acceptance with a particular group who... Oh, it's also a control issue, right? I mean, yeah. who, who, who is it that this contagion is affecting? It's teenage girls. Yeah, uh, it seems to be know, a lot young girls. Yeah. teenage girls. Because yeah. gender dysphoria was generally a male problem. And yeah. all of a sudden it's now, you know, um, or this trans issue is, is around teenage girls. And it's a control issue. Um, you know, teenage girls have, have, have had um, various... Uh, levers to control things uh, historically, you know, yeah. and there's been kind of control issues around self-harm, which tends to be a teenage girl's, girl issue. Um, and so, you know, the, now that none of this is to trivialize it, quite the opposite, <laughs> you know, is to say, actually, there's a, there's a period of, like we just talked about, you know, when, when you when you push over middle age, you all of a sudden don't really give a shit if people see you in the sh- in the shower. It's not really a you know, it's not something that keeps you awake at night, you know. But, but when you're a 14 year old girl, it probably does, you know, or even yeah. a boy. So, um, you know, there are times and seasons in our lives where things matter to us more than others. And it's very obvious to me that being a teenage female is a very difficult process to go through. I know this a lot of a lot of the um, reaction to to so-called trans women who are men that think they're women um, is when they start talking about oh you know when I was a girl and, and women who are women say you never had to be a teenage girl. You don't know what that's like. You know, you had your own issues, but I'm guessing, and I don't know because I never was one, although I had two sisters that were, um, you know, that, 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 and, and I've got uh, a, a daughter who is. Um, 
that that there are there are that's a phase of your life that's very difficult. And at the moment, one of the ways that people are that these girls are are seeking to cope with that is this destructive manner of of saying, well, if I just wasn't a girl, it would be um, it'd be a lot better. Well, I'm glad I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and I didn't have to worry about that. But I will tell you, after turning 50, I've decided my pronouns are fuck around and find out. Just for clarity. Just for clarity. Just not in front of Grandma, right? Not in front of Grandma. So, Grandma, if you're listening, no. God bless your soul. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I did ask my You didn't have an Italian grandfather. See, every no. five minutes it was <laughs> son of a bitch this and that son of a bitch that. That's what a mafia grandfather's like, you know? So he didn't give a damn, you know? <laughs> no, we we got the the Irish, the German, the Swedish. Yeah, I I, I, I was worried about my son. He's fourteen, and um, you know he he just it, growing up in this era is such a nightmare. And um, although each era has its own nightmares, but uh, I, I said, you know, at school do they ever talk to you about sort of you know uh, what you what you feel you are or this that the other? And he said, oh yeah, we have this class called community, and I thought, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Community is exactly what you'd call a class for all of this, you know, brainwashing nonsense. And um, and he said, yeah, he said, when we go in there, we don't take our rucksacks off. In other, <laughs> words, in other words, we're not here to listen or stay. You know, we're here because we've got to be. And and he, and he said, uh, the teacher asked me what I identified as, and I said I identified as an attack helicopter. <laughs> and I, I thought, okay, my son's all right for now i don't need to worry too much well that at so, least yeah that's pretty good you know i mean i i just much prayer i as a as a as a person who you know whose background is in psychology and therapy and you know now implementing that in a much different way from a spiritual side as a pastor you know it just it troubles me to see people that are um that are struggling with what is at the lowest common denominator, a, a self-esteem issue and looking for um, so, it's a some, spiritual problem too. Well, I mean, I think everything, yeah. everything is actually, yeah. <laughs> everything's yeah, a spiritual true. problem if you want to break it down. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay. Well, let's get to the next one. What, what, what do you got? What, what else do we have? All right. Um, have you ever exercised a, a famous person out of someone like, well, I'll put it to you this way. And I just want to mention this when I was a kid, I was a very young boy and there was like a 2020 episode. I remember it was 2020 and they were like, we're going to show you an actual exorcism. Mm -hmm. And like, it scarred me. It scared me for so long. Like I even remember the names of the demons that were in this lady and it terrified me. But you know how you said you always ask them for their names or whatever. Yeah. Have you ever had someone and it's like, this is Jeffrey Dahmer or something like that? No, I've never had like that, uh, that a demon called out the name of a person that would be well known for some kind of evil action like that. Um, but I have had demons that refer to themselves as the sins that they make the person commit. So I have had demons call themselves uh, murder. I've had demons call themselves lust. I've had demons call themselves pedophilia even. Um, so, you know, there is, um, there are demons that manifest as thought forms out of these sins that we create 
through, you know, the things that human beings do. Um, and they can sometimes manifest as egregores that can eventually infect people in the same way. They're not fallen angels, though. Um, these kinds of things are more like um, more like thought forms. They're extensions of the demonic. I mean, they are truly demons. We call them demons, but they're not fallen angels in 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 the pure sense. They're more like extensions of the work of evil that sort of manifest out of the fallen um, psyche. So. Um, that's the only thing I've seen, but no, I've never had like anybody say I'm Jeffrey Dahmer, I'm Adolf Hitler. I've never had anything like that. Well, well it, wouldn't ha- it wouldn't happen though. But I mean, I mean, look, it might happen if so if the person themselves is you know kind of um, you know succumb to some kind of um, fantasy or influence. But, yeah, yeah, but 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 human beings don't become demons. Yeah, you know, Adolf Hitler did not become a demon. No, <laughs> no, he's just a badass. Yeah. yeah. He probably is in hell with the demons, but he didn't become a demon. He's a, he's a damned person. You see, people get this mis- mistake both ways. People that go to heaven are not called angels; they're called saints. <laughs> people that go to hell are not demons; they're the damned. Yeah, you know. And so, um, uh, you know, if somebody says, "Oh, I'm possessed by Adolf Hitler," well, no, no, you're not. You know, that that's um, not the possible. damned don't have that kind of um, ability, right? Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, where? Let me ask. Where do you stand on if, like, what? How? Do, how does the confidentiality in a situation where if someone's like pedophilia, mm-hmm. and it's like the person has, I'm, I'm assuming they weren't. I don't know the backstory of the person that you would do that with if they had been convicted of that or were a known pedophile. But, like, how does the confidentiality on a situation like that go where the person's like, pedophilia, and I touch kids? Like, do you get it out of them, and then it's like a fresh start? Or it's like, you got to, you know, well, I don't um, call the police. You know, and that, well, no, I mean... I, I, that's we a demon right there, man. For well, real, that's sure. A vampire. That's a vampire. Like kids who get touched usually touch. I mean, unless there is, unless there's actual tangible evidence that this person has engaged in that action, uh, as a mandatory reporter, I wouldn't have to like say, well, you know, I'm exercising this. I was exercising this person. They call it pedophilia, and they said things. That wouldn't be sufficient in a mandatory reporter sense. But if we knew like somebody came to me and said, well, Hey, he, you know, he's, he's gone after his daughter or his right, or he's niece on or something. Felony probation. Yeah. Well, that's well, different. That's child molestation. Yeah. yeah. Um, the closest yeah. thing I ever no, had right. to, to that was we, you know, the, we have had people in the confessional reveal this as a sin um right. and in that in that state i cannot report i cannot come really? forward but what i can do is i can say i will not absolve you until you report mm. yourself and i will mm. and i will withhold yeah. absolution yeah and when it comes to exorcism within the western understanding western church understanding of exorcism exorcism is is uh under the seal of the confessional, it's an mm-hmm. extension of the sacrament of it, reconciliation. It, it is right. It is, and so so anything said during during um, an exorcism is is covered by the seal. Um, I, I think also I just want to draw a, a, a distinctive line. I don't want to speak for you, Bishop Brian, but I'm going to. <laughs> um, that, that you're actually you're actually saying this is not the person saying, right? As somebody in confession might say, you know. Um, 
I, I'm engaged in 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 crimes. Um, this is actually uh, we don't believe it's that person speaking, right? Correct. You know, this is a, Correct. The spirit of paedophilia. But uh, and the spirit of Peter, you know, and so. Um, but it is possible. It is theoretical, yeah. theoretically possible that a person that would be possessed by a demon that's referring to itself that way, that if there's full integration, that mm-hmm. that individual may have actually engaged in that action. They may have, may have acted upon the temptation. But more, Absolutely. more, more than likely, though, I would say if you do some digging, you'd find that they're most likely the victim and not the perpetrator. Yeah. Um, has I don't know historically. I've just just came to my mind. Has has that ever held up in court before? Demonic possession. Has there ever been a case that like? There's been several. Yeah, really? I mean, the devil made me do it. This is Conjuring Three. Um, yeah, that yeah. movie was all about the case of the Warrens that dealt with this, and it, no, it doesn't hold up. At least not in the United States. Um, but the Seal of Confessional does. Right. Yeah. No, so I mean, far. like, has the legal system ever said, no, this person was possessed? No. I wouldn't imagine. No, yeah. no. It, it, it gets an insanity country. charge. They'll get an right. insanity charge, but it would never be demonic sure. possession that's yeah. that's declared. This, yeah. this the devil's country, man. I didn't think that it would. Um, <laughs> have you ever had someone that was um, pretending, like, um, or had to tell someone that they had Asperger's or something like that. Like all the time, like you know, malingerers, really? you know, people that claim to be possessed when they're really not. Yeah. Probably like 70% of our cases, girl. maybe, maybe, maybe these maybe days more? it didn't used to be that high, but since we've been on TV, um, and our work has become very well known around the world through uh, ghost some adventures. People just want some attention. And actually, yeah. you know, they and, usually and give themselves away it. too. Well, we've spoken about this before, though. Right. Uh, that actually, although it's it can be irritating, and you know, because it's a form of manipulation, even if they're not directly, you know, they're not plotting it. You know, they kind of believe it. But um, there is also, a, you know, we are Christians, and um, if somebody is so in need of um, attention or 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 fellowship that they'll go to that length, then that's all. That's also a crisis. The, the Christian church has something to offer, you yeah. know, um, to say, you know, the church is the place where um, uh, you will find a community no matter how, you know, or you ought to find a community no matter how hard you are to love, you yeah. know, because, that, you know, if, if you're in a church and you think, gosh, this is great, this church, there's no one that's that difficult, you're that one. <laughs> you know so uh, so yeah. i see it both ways yes it's it can be annoying in terms of taking up your time where you might be you know because exorcism is a specific ministry that's not granted to everybody right uh, but at the same time you know that's when you go but actually we're part of the church here and so this person is in you know is lonely or has no friends or whatever it may be they're the ones we have to love yeah the the ones hardest to love, they're the ones we have to love with. I'm not very good at it. I'm not I'm not I'm no saint. But I know it's true. Yeah. That the ones that are easy to love, that's no challenge. That's that's easy. The ones most difficult to love are the ones we've got to love. And that was the ministry of Christ. You know, it was the most unlovable people who he who he uh, held close to his heart. Yeah, and dealing um, with clients that that 
are in that kind of situation, one thing I've learned, and then you know, through being a police officer for so many years, you you have to learn how to find a rapport with everybody, something in common yeah, you can connect with, and then maybe you can help steer them in the right direction. That's absolutely not you know paranormal related. It's usually mental health or counseling or, um. So yeah, every every case that comes in that I, I make contact with, you know, most of it is is malingerers. Um, it is. Or people but you, that but you don't. You can't just tell them to pound sand and hang up the phone. You've got to try sometimes and it's, figure out a way to help them on their level. Sometimes it's people that don't know they're malingering, too. Right. Um, no, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of times it's just people that um, are really very much confused, mentally disturbed in some way, and it manifests don't as. Don't have this. a good support base. And, and the, yes, usually it's a lack of support. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I would say that these days, because of television and everything else, the, the number is quite high. I, I, wonder if I, I know we're, the, we're near the top of the hour, but I wonder if when we come back, we might talk about... I, I've got a story about a cursed object that okay. I, I, I've, I've had to deal with, but uh, there's been several questions about what, what to do with them. And okay. so I yeah, I'm sitting on one from Laura. Happy, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about... Um, the one I encountered, well, one of the ones I've encountered and what I did with it, and I'm sure... We've got plenty of stories, yeah. 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 Okay, well, let's take our break right now because we're close enough. And uh, we will come back here in a moment and continue with a story from Father Chris about a cursed object, and then we'll deal with how you uh, resolve this. How do you get rid of it? You know, what's the proper way to dispose of it? And then we'll come back to Tony's questions with more um I guess answers. Are they answers or are they just like... They've become discussions. Propositions. Thoughts. (laughs) Thoughts and discussion points. When we come back after this. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Welcome back, everyone, to the third and final part of Vestiges After Dark, where you've been talking about everything tonight with Tony Burkett as he's asked questions from his audience, what is on his audience mind and getting answers from us, but also from you. If you want to call into the show, 347-514-7150, that's 347-514-7150, enter pin number 3768923 to get into the queue. You can also call free international on Skype by dialing up Eye of the Seer, and you can, uh, Give us questions in the chat room on YouTube as long as it stays up. So far, so good. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Call in, and um, when we come back here, we'll hear from Father Chris. Story about a cursed object, and we'll be talking about what to do with them. Don't go away. everyone and uh father chris left off with uh an interesting proposition you said you had a cursed object story so let's go ahead and hear about that and then we'll talk about what to do with them and then we'll go back to more of tony's questions yeah sure i mean i'll tell this one and I, I think I've, I've i've mentioned it before a long time ago on the show but um but i'll get to the point but um it, it's to show that because my standard my standard answer to what do we do with cursed objects is burn them but um, th- this is a case where um, there was a history of this was uh, a grown woman, but when she was a child, there was involvement with um, black magic, with occultism, uh, which was done by her parents, and um, it presented as having issues in the in the house, kind of um, spiritual attacks uh, in the night and what have you. And uh, what amongst the questions, it took me a year to get to the bottom of this because people uh, in these situations don't come to you at church and say, well, some do, but this one didn't more often the genuine cases don't come and say, I've got a black magic possessed object in my house. It took investigation because yeah. uh, they don't really Usually you got to pull it, that right? stuff out of them. Yeah. Oh, almost yeah, always. It's, yeah. it's partly because they don't know. And, and especially in this case. So uh, anyway, after all of this, finding this out, I said, is there anything in this house 
that was present, and this was in a different part of the world, that was present when this took place? And she said, yes, and it was an icon of the Last Supper. Oh, wow. Oh, my. Uh, and so that was the only object in the house that was present there. And I thought, well, this is something we can't ignore just because it's an icon of, of, of Christ doesn't mean that um, it can't have some well, attachment. It could, it could be defiled. I mean, you could defile a religious mm. object. You can commit yeah. sacrilege. It happens. And it's almost it's almost the, the best thing for the devil, right? Because yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, the dark force is hiding in something which appears to be Christian and good and all the rest of it. And so right. um, now obviously you can burn icons. That's okay. Uh, that's a way. That's In fact, that's the you, proper way to get rid of blessed objects. Is, you know, is to and, burn and them. And, yeah. uh, holy trash goes in the fire. That's how. Oh, that's very right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, uh, but I, I didn't want to do that in this case. So, in fact, what I did was um, uh, celebrated a mass in the house. I put the corporal on top of the icon uh, for the celebration of the mass. Um, I blessed it first with holy water. Yeah. Uh, celebrating the mass on the on the icon as during the during the mass, then um, bless the house um, and uh, essentially reconsecrated the the icon with holy oil uh, at the end of it, um, and obviously had it put back in place, but now in a place where it was to um, be venerated for the purpose of adoring God. Um, yeah. In, I, that, in that case, I thought that was um, the right approach. It, it did, by the way, that the, the, the problem ceased thereafter, because that's also a test. You see, I just thought by completely, they, they'd, you know, the, the, the forces of darkness had inverted yeah. that object of goodness into something that was a source of problem. Yeah, it probably and didn't so, have like a demonic attachment. It, it probably had, um, like you said, an inversion of its purpose. Yeah. Um, more like a, um, a talisman of evil um, um, than, an, than an attachment where there's like some kind of negative, evil, malevolent spirit attached to it. So there's different ways that we would handle this. Now, I just have a sort of flat protocol that sort of covers all the possibilities with the exception of a few things. And I can talk about that very quickly. Um, essentially, when uh, I do not recommend that people who feel that they have an, a, a cursed object that has an attachment, I do not recommend they throw it into the fire. Um, and there's reasons for that. Um, because it's worth money. <laughs> well, I mean, there are people that do sell these things and, 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 a, well, the, the haunted museum is full of very expensive exhibits, so there's a, yeah, there's definitely a market for it. Museum, yeah, My people pay to museum. go and watch them. The Haunted Museum, yes. Yeah, Zach Bacon's yeah, Haunted in Museum Vegas. in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant my eBay store, which you guys should check out tonight. There'll be a lot of new items on there. Well, there you eBay, go. Jeep Gay. It's all the same. With Jeep you. Gays, yeah. That's I my mean, username. There you go. Thank you for the plug. I love it. I love it. So what, what, what we do with, with um, I, I do not recommend to, to clients to just cast it into the fire. And there's a few reasons for that. One we never know exactly the nature of the attachment. So if the, if the attachment is fixed, then yes, it should work. But if it's not fixed, and in a lot of cases it's not, um, then it can, it can jump around. 
mm-hmm. uh, and reattach to something else. And then just, you know, it can just wreak havoc and you just end up pissing it off. Um, and not having the tools to be able to deal with the ramifications of this can make matters much worse for the client. So what I, what I recommend is, um, when there, when we find an object that we believe is cursed or the source of an attachment, um, we tend to take that back with us. We then um, exercise. Well, typically on the site, I will exercise the object on in the field because there's. I, I'd rather before I relocate it. You don't want yes. to transport it. Don't want to transport. It. So yeah. So I exercise it. I bless the family. I bless the house. I do all of the standard protocols, but I do take that object back with me, even with the exorcism. Um, I still want to dispose of it in a holy fire. So I mm. I actually bless a fire with a special type of blessing. Um, and uh, sometimes we will store them in a what we refer to as a warded containment cabinet, yeah. and we wait for the Easter vigil, and then we burn it in the Easter fire. Yeah. Um, now, the caveat. Okay, that's the general stuff. Religious articles, I tend to uh, reconstitute because I've never really found religious articles to have a demonic attachment, just an inversion of their purpose, which a, which a solemn blessing will, will, will resolve, as you've indicated. Um, so I don't, I don't burn holy objects on, 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 you know, I've never had a reason to now, if, if a blessing didn't work, then I would. Um, and then the only other things I don't is, is dolls and stuffed animals because effigies have a different type of sentience than, um, uh, other cursed objects do. Um, and the nature of their attachments tend to be quite different and uh, usually exorcism and blessings are far more effective um, in resolving these things than to just completely eradicate them. Because oftentimes what people are referring to as a cursed doll or a, or a possessed doll or a doll with some kind of demonic attachment is really a doll that has been infused with the energy of sadness and grief mm-hmm. And um, I'd rather release that than to just eradicate that. Um, so for me, I don't ever destroy stuffed animals and uh, things that were loved or were loved by a child. I never destroy that. I always what I what I do is uh, well, with dolls, I I exercise them and I send them to Zach. <laughs> That's what I do with dolls. <laughs> and then he just puts them in that doll room. He's got enough of them yeah. there. I mean, I don't I don't even know if you'd even notice which one was the ones that I've sent. But I mean, they're in there somewhere. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. <laughs> is there a uh, is there a common thread or is there ever like it's one item that you've seen more than the other? You're like bullet blenders or just always <laughs> dolls. Have the devil. Dolls are the dolls, big one. Dolls, dolls, dolls. Really? But it's not. Why do you think that is? Because children, um, because they're special to children. And, and I knew children you were treat them say as real. Tre- children they treat, treat them, them as real, real so they, they become real. It, yeah, yeah, they treat them as real. They can, they can give them comfort in times yeah. of trauma. And what happens is because we put so much love, love is one of the more powerful acts of creation. Understand that, you know, we are creatures of creation. We're made in God's image. That doesn't mean he looks like us. I say this all the time. I feel like a broken record, but there's always someone new listening. So I always try to repeat myself for those that have never heard me say this before. We are made in God's image. 
image. The scriptures make that clear, but that does not mean he looks like us. It means that we have the nature of creation within us. We have the power to create. We are of that same substance. And there, we, we see it in the fact that we can reproduce. You know, we can, we can, we, we, uh, well, look at everything we do from technology to societies. We're always creating things, building things. That's our nature, not to destroy, which is contra- contrary. And that's why destruction is actually, um, uh, war and things like this are upsetting to people because it's not our nature to be involved in things like that. Our nature is to actually build things up, not tear things down. Now, that being said, um, love is one of the tools of creation because that's one of the, the essential aspects of God's nature. And it's what how we create children, you know. Well, ideally, if it's done properly, it's done in a loving relationship, right? Um, so, you know, love is one of the more powerful forces of creation. And so uh, children love their stuffed animals they love their dolls and they put a lot of energy into them but guess what happens they they treat it like it's real eventually it forms an effigy thought form and this is a special kind of thought form um witches have been doing this for 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 hundreds of years creating effigies that are infused with a particular type of helper spirit that can help them do things this is essentially what a child's doing with with a doll but instead of making them help them with some kind of task they're helping them to, to, to have something to nurture, to sort of participate in life and, and pretend and, 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 and learn about the world through play, which is an essential part of what children need to do to grow up into healthy adults. They need that kind of experience. But what happens when they grow up into adults? Well, the doll becomes less important and eventually it's not getting loved anymore. But it received so much of that energy all those years that that it became real i mean it it is sentient all things are sentient but this is a particular type of inorganic sentience that um becomes very usually very sad and oftentimes um very um vindictive because it's angry that it's no longer being loved and that's what doll attachments almost always are which is why i don't destroy the dolls i set the energy free. Um, and then I send, send the doll to Zach so that they will be forever safe there at the museum. Um, but that's, that's really what, what it is. So dolls are the big one. Now, if you're asking what's a common object for genuinely demonic attached objects, um, it could be anything, anything. clothing, uh, furniture, as we, you know, what's the craziest thing you've seen? Um, craziest thing I've seen. Well, Ouija oh, boards are a big one. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that one's a that that is crazy. But um, mm-hmm. Ouija yeah, boards Ouija are probably boards are... a big one. Yeah. Um, but what would you say is that's the craziest too one? On the seen? nose. I mean, it is. Sometimes. What was that? What would be something I mean, that's really wild? Like, can you think of one that was just like not expected? Jewelry's a big Jewelry's one. Jewelry's a big one. I know we've had several cases where we thought it was one particular item, but then through the, like, we had a local case where it ended up being a jacket belonging to the deceased father. Yeah, and it was just his spirit, though. Right. It wasn't demonic. No, and the same thing. Yeah. And the same thing with um, with, with ashes. The, the, I mean, the, smaller, the right. smaller the worse. Like, if, yeah. if the cursed object's really small, it's hard to find. Yes. Yeah, and it can especially be. if it's jewelry like, or an earring or yeah. a ring. If, uh, rings if are good. Really trying rings to, are good. One. Yeah. 
I mean, I shouldn't say this really, <laughs> give, give people ideas, but if somebody's really trying to affect somebody else using dark forms, then yeah. the smaller the thing that the better. So let's say, let's so ritual, say satanic ritual objects, like things that were in satanic rituals are a big one for attachments, things like that. Knives. So, so let's say that you have a watch that has something attached to it and you figure this out and you throw it off of a bridge into the water as whatever's attached to it just live in the water now? Well, that's the next best thing to burning because water actually wa- actually does have a cleansing effect. Um, um, spiritual energy moves through it's water. Washing, yeah. And so when an object, and I tell people this, if, if, you, if you can't send an object to me, don't burn it. Uh, if you can, it, if it's a small object, uh, toss it into... Um, a large body of water, preferably the ocean, but even a lake would do. Um, and that is to just sort of um, let it, the, ener- the, the, the spiritual energy will dissipate in the water. Um, spiritual energy moves through the water, particularly running water is the best. We'll um, find a shark and then get it. casting that. ashes yeah. in the waters pretty important yeah i mean and that's the other one you know the, another big attachment object is ashes people leaving ashes in their house and we've talked about that to death about how um dangerous that can be but yeah it's really? spreading the ashes oh yeah it's awful it's a terrible mm-hmm. thing to do and now people are making jewelry out of them and things like that so um a lot of our cases uh, a large number of genuine cases when we go to a case we find like that 30 percent that's not malingering or something you just want to walk in the door uh, okay where are the ashes yeah at? and then it's almost always it's like do you have ashes in this house yeah grandma's over there it's like okay well there we go that's grandma's that's, over there yeah. fido's over here yeah. goldfish is over there yeah. you know Why, on, average, solved. Yeah. Yeah. on average how long does it take you to figure out what's going on where you're like all right this is what's happening like um, I'd say, I'd say about two hours, two hours yeah. gives us, uh, depending usually, on the interview. Yeah. Yeah. We do it. We do a, an extensive interview, which gives me usually most of the information I need. And then I kind of will do a, a small investigation myself to sort of confirm my suspicions if necessary. Um, a lot of times it's not because it's just getting to a point now where we're starting to see repeat patterns mm-hmm. and those patterns almost always lead. In fact, they do not almost they always they always lead to the same conclusion when that pattern starts so when we see the pattern we just immediately go to that direction and it typically fixes the issue it's this gold watch <laughs> it's definitely this gold watch i'm going to just take that with get us get it out of here <laughs> get it out and i mean just get it get it exercised and um and see if that resolves it if it doesn't well that's when you need to start looking at I'll just oh you could well, you could sell it on ebay i guess <laughs> or not or at the pawn shop you know yeah. but it's definitely your gold watch well talking so. about pawn shops you know used furniture and stuff like that i always recommend to people <clears throat> excuse me when you purchase something from an antique store particularly, something that tends to have had many owners, always, always, always um, bless it. Either get it blessed. If it's a small object, bring it to your priest and have him bless it. If it's an object that's too large, you know, and, you know, these days... I'm not sure a lot of priests are doing home blessings as much as they used to. Yeah, but they should be. They should be doing they, annual blessings. They should. COVID. They, sh- they COVID. should, but they don't typically father anymore. I mean, it's, it's like, not just COVID, sadly. It's just that they don't. They do just it. don't do it. But get some holy water and bless it yourself. Remember, one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is that yes, it's true that the kind of blessing a priest or bishop can give is a unique kind of sacramental blessing. 
Um, but there are certain formal blessings that that the laity can actually um, um, perform uh, and confer um, under certain circumstances. And the owner of a house or the owner of an object mm. has the ability mm-hmm. to offer a basic blessing on those things. A parent can bless a child, for example. A homeowner can bless their home. Um, these are things that the church actually encourages you to do. Now, it's not a replacement for a priest or bishop because that's a special sacramental blessing, but it is a blessing nonetheless, and it can often resolve simple spiritual problems like that. Can you uh, bless a condo that you're renting? Yes. Because yes. you um, need to, because it's got multiple people living Because in it there. is your domicile, yeah. and that you do I have control. I'm a hotel room I'm staying in. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, that actually brings me to a question. Okay. A fella online named Boris Merkin had his top five last names. I would change it if that was mine. You know what a Merkin is? I do know what a Merkin is. Pubic hair wig. So popular in the uh, porn industry in the 70s. I, I guess we're getting we're getting we're getting to the cats. sexual questions Myself. now. I guess right. And Lord, we're getting to the to the perverse. And yes, a merkin can be possessed. Yeah. <laughs> no, my, actually, Boris Merkin acted. Uh, Boris Merkin, go figure. Asked we're a, beating around the bush again. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. Uh, Boris asked a normal question. He was one of the only people online that asked a normal question. He said, do you use commercially available holy water or do you make your own? Can I? You want me to just You know we make our own. You know we make our own. I think you can answer that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, commercially 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 available holy water is an oxymoron. Yeah. In in fact, it can't be done. Let me me actually cover that. Let me cover that. You cannot have commercially available holy water because as soon as you sell a blessed it's object it loses its blessing yeah so you, you cannot no, sell blessed objects not no 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 that is not true first of all <laughs> when you visit my ebay store you are not purchasing my holy water uh-huh. you're giving a donation <laughs> you have to buy it now price <laughs> but that's a donation to who? That is not um, <laughs> to me. Well, that wouldn't work. <laughs> now, if you're collecting well, also, these things, if you're also, if you're if you're putting I mean, like like blessed objects, making them available, and saying that this is a gift that you're giving um, for a, a a gift uh, or a pledge, you first of all can't specify what that is. You'd have to be able to you you can put set like a minimum, but you can't say like you know. Oh, this is uh, this is a thousand dollar donation um, for this. You, you you couldn't do something like that. And of course, all of it has to go towards um, a charity. Yeah, you, yeah. Of you know, you, it's not something that could be retained for personal profit. Yeah, I mean, pay what you want. Maybe it gets to you. Maybe it doesn't. I just, you know, I put insurance on it if I had money. <laughs> there you go. Look, I, I do. I, I do think. Like, this, that, do one second. There's just on the holy water issue, and because I acknowledge this is actually an issue that I've not had to deal with because I don't live in the Bible Belt South of America. Yeah. So there are always Catholic churches and Orthodox churches. I've always lived near Catholic churches and Orthodox churches where there's a great big barrel of holy water at the back that anybody can siphon off whenever they like. Oh. So it's freely available. Like, you know, it's just, it, it's just, 
not something that you'd ever have to consider purchasing because it's readily available. Well, I mean, but even I, in the US. Having been, to, having been to Georgia, I mean, you know, um, there aren't many Catholic churches there. There, there are well. I mean, you have to know where to find them. They yeah. are all over, yeah, but I, had to I mean, go find mine. but you have to go find. You yeah, have a for, funny story about yeah, that. We'll, we'll have her tell a, a minute. Times. But I mean, all all <laughs> Roman Catholic churches are supposed to make this available. I mean, I know that some of it was restricted during COVID. They weren't having that the fonts open and stuff like that. But that should be over with now. So you should be able to go into any Roman Catholic church with a empty. Um, vessel go in and fill it up yourself uh that is you, you might have to go during open hours because a lot of churches don't stay open all day anymore um but you know as long as you go you should be able to get it now uh, uh, jamie has this fantastic story i told it a couple of times yeah tell it again I'm, i mean i'm sure they not everyone's heard it uh, it's a, <laughs> this is in her early days you know she she um 2016, um, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, and she was going on a case, right? One of your first cases. We were going cases. on my first case with you, mm-hmm. and I didn't have a kit yet. That's right. We didn't We didn't provide, because it was kind of like you came in, and then we got like a case right away. Right. Yeah. So, so we didn't have time to prepare you. At the time, I was working a bomb dog, so I'm all tactical gear out, coming to the black patrol car, you know, dog in the back, you know, full uniform, right. Bomb detection dog, all the, all the stuff, you know, the, the sexy BDUs and thigh rig and all that stuff leash around my, around my chest, looking mm-hmm. a dog. And I pull into a Catholic church, never been there before, but it's on the way home. And I'm kind of in a hurry cause I got stuff to do and I, I can be pretty aggressive looking when I'm in the zone. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. I pull in, get out of the car, Run inside, well, <laughs> hobble inside, and immediately see the font. And I'm like, crap, I don't have anything to put it in. So this la- nice lady comes down the hallway, and she's like, officer, can, can I help you? And I'm like, yes, ma'am, I need holy water. <laughs> and she's like, uh, is everything okay? I'm like, is everything uh, okay, yes, yes, everything's what? fine. I just need I just need to get a vial of holy oh, yeah. water. And so she goes yeah. into the craft room of the of the uh, church, starts dumping out these, these glitter, <laughs> glitter and everything else. And she's like, "Will this work?" I'm like, "Yes, thank you." So I grab it from her. I go up, I kneel real quick. Aminos Dominos, and I'm putting it in there and capping it off. I'm like, "Thanks a bunch, appreciate it." She's like, "Uh, okay." <laughs> Not wow. thinking that she's probably horrified that this police officer runs in like he's, you know, she's fighting a demon somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But I was so just in a hurry. It's like, I need holy water right now. Right, that's pretty fun. much what like, I said. Uh, okay? Yeah. She's like, so what's going on? I'm like, no, no. We should have both worn our cassocks and run into the gun range saying, right, we need to get on that range quick. You know, I still have my cassock. That's an idea. There you go. We can have have fun with those guys. I'm telling you. (laughs) Yeah. We could really confuse them. We could go one day in police uniform and the next day as clerics. We'll walk in together and be like, hey, the Winchesters are expecting us. Let's get a couple of rounds well, in. That's what it kind of reminds me of. It's it's like a scene out of Paranormal, what you did there. You know, it's supernatural. Like, a supernatural. Yeah. Sorry, supernatural. All right, what's our next question? Well, I just want to say this. Okay. Um, uh, a shameless self-promotion real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I have a ahead. podcast called Good Morning Jonestown. We're just doing Patreon episodes right now. And I have a Substack page where I do a real lo-fi podcast where I read news, uh, what trending news articles and just kind of riff on them. Okay. There is no way I'll be able to finish my story about how I knew the lady next door was possessed by a demon, 100%. But if you go to my Substack or the Patreon, 
on the next Patreon episode or my Substack tomorrow, I will I will tell that story. The whole story. Okay. Uh, and um, so, how do we find it? What's the direct? Do you, do you have like the direct link to it, or is it's it just Tony Burkett dot Substack dot com? Okay. Or Patreon dot com slash Good Morning Jonestown. Good Morning Jonestown. Um, okay. The next uh, question, um, there's so much sexual stuff. No, that's fine. We can handle it. Do you charge people money to do exorcisms? No. No. It's considered to be a a sacramental of the church, so it's a spiritual spiritual action, and you, you cannot, it's simony to charge for spiritual actions. Now, Figured, you could you charge know. for an investigation because right. that's not necessarily a spiritual action in the sense that you could like you could hire a team and if this became a professional team in which you had to like employ people um, or support an organization that assisted the church with investigating so that the priests knew where to go so they don't waste their limited time um, you could charge for investigations we currently do not we're toying with the idea of maybe opening a larger demonology program that would have a fee attached to it, but the resolutions have to be free. Um, Well, see, that's what I figured, and I understand, like, you hate to charge for something like that, but Mm -hmm. I feel as far as things having value, that has a lot, like getting a demon out of somebody, you know, well, where, you'd like your treasures in heaven where moth nor scale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, that's the... I got bills on earth. Uh, well, the church yeah, does yeah. too. And see, that's yeah, one of right. the conflicts. We, we ain't getting nothing for free. I, I mean, like you definitely get it on the back end. I would assume, like, after I'd rather the, get it there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would assume, like, at the end of doing the ceremony and everything's good, like, you would. Wrap it up with like hope to see you on church in church on. Oh, Sunday. we did. Th- we cool. used to do that, oh, and uh, yeah, no one, no one. Maybe they'd show up one time, but never again. And um, donations were always far and few between. Well, um, see, yeah. Um, I think we should do, and I'm down to help with this. And if I can make this happen, like I'm definitely going to get a cut. But I feel <laughs> like we could get insurance to pay for this, like legitimately. Because, like, in a lot of cases, I'm sure there's been a demon-possessed person who died going to therapy, like, of old age. Because insurance will pay for that happily, and you can go to a therapist for 50 years, and they're not going to be like, I think that you have a demon in you and should pursue maybe that avenue. Like, at no point are they going to, they'll just keep taking that money, like, I find that they will tell, they will uh, agree with you, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to you, get your money but i mean out the gate you're a doctor it's like one copay i go to my doctor i went to the doctor yesterday and i pay a five dollar copay which means my insurance probably paid four thousand dollars for me to be there and be like my hair hurts and he's like i'm not giving you pain pills and i'm like we'll try this again in three months then i guess you know it's just <laughs> a series of lies to get xanax or something like that and they pay for that happily like you're a doctor you're doing real healings like i don't see why insurance isn't like putting people in your care and then sending them to a it's because afterwards. there's no because there's no um, med- medical coding for it. 
and well, we got to work on that until and I'm down to do the legwork. You just got to give me a hand. Well, what, what would need to happen? And th- actually, you bring up a serious point. You know, I know it's a, it's I'm a little, yeah. Serious. I mean, no, you bring up, you do bring up a serious point. Like I, I've said this story before. I'll say it again. Um, my my abnormal psychology professor in undergraduate school. Um, you, you know, this was back in the days when I was uh, I had left the church. Um, I hadn't discovered Buddhism yet, so I was kind of in one of my agnostic phases. And, um, and so I was kind of just like out on religion. I was burnt out from having, you know, been in seminary and having done, I just, I really just didn't want to do anything religion. And so I, I went into undergrad school, went into, you know, um, psychology. And I think psychology was sort of a reaction against that. But anyway, um, we, I was able to get into abnormal psychology, which was a senior level class. Usually only seniors were permitted. I was a freshman. They let me in. My, my, my um, guidance counselor pulled some strings for me. And I was excited about this. And so, um, you know, I was very all gung-ho, really wanted to get into more of a scientific left brain away from religion and spirituality mode. And I thought psychology is a wonderful bridge because it's sort of like you're helping people, but you're doing it in a secular way. And that's exactly what I need right now. Um, so we were going over all of the different uh you know, illnesses that are represented at the time in the DSM four, because that's the one that was, that was the edition at the time when I was in uh, undergrad school. And uh, we were going through, um, you know, the, the psychotic disorders and everything else. And then we got to the part um, of the DSM that deals with the five axes. And these are the different, um, uh, the different categories of assessment. So you have like, you know, the first the axis one is like the general disorders. Axis two is like personality disorders. Um, you got like social, uh, psychosocial, uh, which I think is, I'm trying to remember. Oh, uh, uh, axis three is like general uh, medical. And then uh, axis four is psychosocial. And then axis five is the GAF, the global assessment of functioning. And, um, and that's it. And so, the, the, um, you know, the, then my professor gets up and says, but I have always felt that the DSM needs an, a sixth axis. And I said, why? I mean, what doesn't the previous five cover that you think that, the, that, that we need for a six axis? And she goes, there absolutely needs to be a category Jihad. for <laughs> there absolutely needs to be a category for um, psycho-spiritual illness. And I, I was absolutely like, oh, you got to be kidding me. We're, ju- we're, we're just on the precipice of finally being respected as an actual science here, and you're going to go set us back to the dark ages with talk like that. And, of course, you know, all these years later, I look back and be like, I'm, I'm putting my foot in my mouth, you know, eating my words, because clearly she was right. We do need a category for this, and we get a lot more than people can even imagine. We get a lot of cases from psychologists who have patients that exhibit symptoms that they don't know how to deal with and can only explain as some kind of a demonic event. And so there's absolutely the need for it, whether or not you could ever get the uh, the APA to create a code for psycho-spiritual illness is another question. But until there is a code, insurance will never pay for it. I, mean, I, I, think, I think we've reached the point where a lot of psychologists, uh, psychiatrists, I mean, I, I, I have a, a very good friend who's a psychiatrist and useful in this ministry. Um, they will, in fact, I mean, I mean, she is 
uh, a Christian, but there are there are um, even secular atheistic psychologists will acknowledge um, the psychological benefit of exorcism. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I mean, it's, it, they don't believe what we believe, but they but they say, well, if a person believes this within their culture and they believe that this is a cultural, yeah, it could work. Well, it's uh, like solution, self-fulfilling prophecy is how they look yeah, at it. Yeah. Then psychologically, it's helpful. It's and a placebo. Valuable. Yeah, it's a placebo yeah. effect to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, we don't believe that. No, but um, what I'm saying is, it's even acceptable for non-believing psychologists to value the effectiveness of exorcism, even if they're wrong. All right, right. And see, yeah. that's the that's the that's the 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 the, the challenge to all this is that uh, every every psychotherapist, you know, who has even remotely a spiritual center cannot deny the fact unless they're completely lying to themselves that they have had clients that do not fall into the traditional categories of mental illness that there's something else going on there another element um you know one one person one psychologist once wrote to us and wanted us to assess her client she wouldn't um she well the client didn't want to see us so there's nothing that she could do but uh, she said her eyes turned completely black um during a psychotherapy session now this is a PhD, you know, a, 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 a yeah. Um, and the, the story was kind of interesting because it's something, it's a theme that we've seen before. Um, you know, it comes up from time to time and it's one that's a bit disturbing because it kind of falls into the, the realm, the, the shadow realm of the conspiracy theory with like QAnon and, and, uh, Pizzagate. But the fact of the matter is there seems to be something to it because we've had um, in, several cases over the years where people have reached out to us, sometimes psychologists reaching out to us and telling us that they have had clients or they know someone that um, is a adopted child of an A-list celebrity that was adopted for the purposes of being put through um, um, satanic pedophile um, rituals um, and that now that they're grown up, they have no use for them. And so, you know, they, 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 they have all these traumas and problems to sort through. It's more than a disproportionate number of, of cases have come in about this theme. I think even Hellier with the new Kirks have, we're talking to some guy in one episode that was discussing this very thing. If yeah, I'm not they, they did touch yeah. on it and they very quickly is like, they hey, didn't that, want, that's yeah, above our pay yeah. grade, we're not here for that. They didn't want to um, go any further with it because it's understandable. It, yeah, um, but it's something. But I want to say this this information came while they were under hypnosis too, if I'm not I'm not mistaken. And some of them, um, some right. of those cases, yeah. I mean, it's it's and in hypnosis, you know, that's that's a that's a controversial thing in and of itself. A recovered memory is a real nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this well, is what they're I, talking um, about. You know, as far as like ritual abuse and stuff like that goes, yeah, and making people dis, uh, disassociate. A lot of people have trouble understanding what that is. And, and literally everyone does it every single day whenever you drive to work and don't remember getting there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. what it is. Yeah, That's, it is. That is a disassociation. It's, it's, we're, we're actually, it's natural to us. Um, right. Yeah. And I don't know. We have a Good Morning Jonestown, one of our Halloween episodes, like, I mean, it's a comedy show. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> right. But uh, in hindsight, it was like we literally, all of the famous movie monsters like we figured out 
what societally what they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my co-host uh, was like zombies is literally just people looking at their phones, yeah. you know? Um, but vampirism, and I said this earlier on the show, that's pedophilia, man. I think that's where the whole legend of vampires comes from because feeding off of people, uh, people who are touched end up touching. It's, it's a very, it's a, like a, you know, well, like we, we, ought, we ought to be very, we ought to be very careful on that stat. Well, I don't you mean know, across the, the board. I don't mean no, no. Uh, no it, it's, it's true to say that a lot of people who have been touched then touch. There is but a cycle. Also, I, to say that just the vast majority of people who were touched do not do that. Sure. <laughs> you know? I'm, so I'm saying statistically, yeah. when you find most people yeah. who touch, that's because that was done to them. Uh, certainly not everyone, um, you know. No, it is kind but, of. You, um, I understand what you're saying. It's it's rather yeah, yeah. rare to 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 find a pedophile that hadn't been abused himself. That's or herself. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But um, no, but, but, but most survivors do not. Most survivors do not convert right. and become. And again, yeah. That's just generalizing I mean, maths. Because if that was no. the case, we'd all be abusing everybody. So what? Well, yeah. um, well, but it's the ultimate situation of like. Um, there's a, a turn of phrase that you hear all the time. And it's rarely used correctly. Um, and that's what's gotten into you. You know? Well. <laughs> but no one ever uses that correctly. But there's certain <laughs> situations where people's behavior, mm. it fits. And yeah. no one ever says that. Like, well, people like and that. that. But, and that's hand in glove with, with, with you know, um, Christian teaching, which is to say that if you commit acts of grave sin... Uh, you open yourself up to e- to evil. Yes, you know the the It's not to say you know. I mean, this kind of relationship between works and um, faith is one that you know has has, um, has had Christians arguing with one another for years, but uh, thousands of years. But um, I, I don't think any of us argue that if you if you um, open yourself up to grave sin, that that that's. Uh, an obvious occasion for losing your soul, you know. Because uh, it I breaks mean, open really your armor. Things. I don't mean trivial things. I mean yeah. see, I murder, feel like rape. I mean those things, you know. See, I feel like, and you guys are the professionals. And I'm certainly not, but I feel like we live in a culture and society where people are opening themselves up to stuff when they're on autopilot. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like 95% of our lives, we're opening ourselves up to people. You know, uh, 95% of the advertising you see is black magic. You know, even the way they set up a grocery store with the end caps and stuff, that's a form of magic. I think that most stuff around us uh, opens you up to letting a dark darkness in. I feel like it's... You're you're open more than you're closed, and not even by a, a decision. I mean, you're not, but I feel like that the our the world is has gotten to where. Well, it's the numbing of society, and that opens you sure. up to dark darker things. If you don't know how to protect yourself, well, or yeah, don't look, even realize it's this. happening at, to you. Look at what's happened in terms. Of, I mean, I don't want to get too bogged down on on this particular issue because <laughs> I've mentioned it before. But you know, we we look back and scoff at like Mayan culture, for example, for child sacrifice and all of that. You see, and this go- comes back to a fundamental point, which is to say that all people are equal, as in they're all equally made in the image and likeness of God. And you're right, 
uh, Bishop Brian to say that earlier people confuse things and and they 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 think God's created in the image of man, uh, <laughs> right. but um, but man is created in, now. All people are equally loved and valued in that aspect of who they are, but not all cultures are equal. Um, cultures are not equal. Some cultures are bad. Um, I say and, that and, all the time. Uh, yeah, and, and and we must separate those two principles out. So individuals within culture are equally. Uh, valuable as a child of God, bearing His image and likeness, but they, but not all cultures are equal, and some are some are better, some are better than others. Now, we we in, in this culture we we scoff at um, child, you know, cultures that involve child sacrifice, which were rife. Now, Christianity certainly opposed that; they went around the rubbish tips of Europe rescuing exposed children. So, from the very earliest times, Christians were associated with you know taking on foundlings, children that people didn't want. But you know, I'm not I'm not clear what the moral superiority is of peop of secular people in the West today, looking bad at child sacrifice and saying, "Aren't we aren't we so much better than them?" When abortion is absolutely rife, you know, the, the, the number of, of of children being killed in the womb outstrips any number of of children that were killed in child sacrifice. Both are wrong, and and um, uh, deeply tragic. Um, but you know this idea that that um, the secular culture is some enlightened, wonderful place. I I can't agree. I really yeah. think that we're going to eventually reach a point. My prediction is we will, we will reach a point. See, I'm, I'm I, I I sometimes talk like a cynic, but I'm actually quite positive. <laughs> um, I you enjoy life. I think people need, people should know that about you. That, I would um, too. Yeah, have you seen his meals? Paranormal. <laughs> I, I, you know, we love life. You certainly do, Bishop Ryan. And I think, you know, so the cynicism is about, you know, the, the forces of darkness. It is. It, and it, it weighs down on you. It weighs down on you when you're, in, when you're always inundated with it, which is why I balance it out with nice food and good wine yeah. and nice yeah. vacations. And, and you're a good company, you know? Like, oh, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. I try to be a good host. I want to tell people that, you know, that, that it, it is, it, the cynicism is, is rightly apportioned. It it's is not that you're just generally a cynic. No, I'm yeah. not. I'm, and you're right. It, it has its time and place, and that's it. Mm. But I am mostly, by nature, a positive person, and I do believe strongly. I do absolutely believe this that we will reach a point where we will look back at this period of time where abortion is like this, you know, commonplace thing. I, I believe our our um, the people our. The, we will be the ancestors to people that will look back at us in disgust, just as mm -hmm. we look back at the, these Mayan yeah, we'll be cults the that, that that we will be savages. We'll be we will savages. be looked at in that way. I have no no question in my mind that that will be true. Um, and uh, I really I don't think we'll be I don't think this culture is going to I mean, we think we're so great today, but I don't think it's going to be looked at with much fondness in the future. No, and, and it does give, um, you, you see, this is why, I mean, the Ukraine has kind of um, highlighted this, is that we've often thought of ourselves, thought of, of things as good or bad, mm -hmm. white or black. Right. Uh, and um, the Ukraine is a great example of, of, the, of the desire to want to do that. So we have this idea that Putin's a pantomime villain and everything he says is a lie. And now all of a sudden Zelensky, who wears the same T-shirt, whoever he's speaking to, is um, is Snow White, and everything he says is wonderful. Yeah. The truth is, is well, num 
the fundamental truth is they're both children of God and therefore um, uh, suffer the effects of original sin, um, uh, as do the rest of us. But the, the other thing that we absolutely know in that part of the world is that in order to be in the positions they're in, they're utterly corrupt. And so um, th- there's definitely uh, badness on both sides, and it's not straightforward. Um, but I think, uh, so it highlights that, that the media or the human desire to want to have a good side and a bad side, so it's very clear and you know who to back, uh, is a nonsense. Um, it's, but it's also revealed that um, a lot of the arguments made by the Russians in terms of um, why they've got into the Ukraine are about denazification. Oh, well, that's just all nonsense. No, it's not. There are units of the Ukrainian army who wear Nazi symbols. So, you see, what I'm trying to say is that just to disregard somebody as a pantomime villain is actually to empower them because not everything he's saying is wrong. And if you say everything he says is wrong, it's very easy for somebody to say, no, no, this is true, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so um, now coming back to, what, to, to the culture that we inhabit, that culture will fall because, um, like Zelensky, it's not all Snow White. You know, and and those internal uh, flaws will cause the fracture of the entire of the whole. Mm. It always uh, has. I think, I think that has. America. I think we've had like a couple generations that haven't really had to fight for. You know, if my grandfather, who was in World War Two on a uh, ship and saw all of his friends die. Uh, could see where we're at now, he'd be disgusted. Like, we haven't had several generations in a row that haven't really had to fight for the fundamental, like, what is America type of stuff. And now we've had it so easy that we're focusing on things that don't really matter. And I think of it, we've forgotten that it's Game of Thrones out there. Like, other countries aren't worried. They're worried about power. And, well, you, you know, you, the fundamental problem is that is that history isn't taught. And, um, and that's, why, that's why we end up in this vagueness of, of Rousseauian <laughs> nonsense that somehow, you know, the noble savage, everyone was wonderful before this terrible, evil Christian culture came and destroyed it all, yeah. you know, um, which is just laughable if you, if you, if you, if you read anything uh, not written, you know, um, post-1990 nonsense. Um, you know, you know that it's not true. And, and uh, you know, I mean, my, my church history um teacher at oxford she always said um and she was a beautiful human being um i, I find historians tend to be more understanding <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. she she said you know we must always look back in history through the lens of love yes yeah, it, that's how you avoid the hubristic nonsense that says oh well these primitive stupid people that came before mm. me you know so i'll sit in judgment of chaucer or shakespeare over the english language really you know um and so we must always look back with respect actually not with blind you know uh, acceptance that's 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 not certainly not what should be done but with but with um with respect and with humility uh just as we should look at the culture the cultures that that, that you know blossomed into mm. into the freest um, uh, places to live we've ever known. Not to say they're perfect, but we ought to have the humility to say there's there was some some kernel of goodness in there, or there are kernels of goodness in there. What are they? Let's not forget them. Right. I see. To me, it's like the person who their glory days were high school or even college. Like I look back on myself in high school and college, and I just like cringe. 
of who I was, you know, <laughs> like my best days are ahead of me. I'm constantly trying to grow and like be better. And in it, if anyone who's like glorifying our past is pathetic, like you should constantly be trying to improve, you know, and that's how we should look like on a global scale. Speaking of Putin, well, we're, 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 at, we're at the end of the show. We have to do a part right. two, Tony. We have to do a part two. <laughs> Anyway, uh, thank you both. Thank you, Father Chris. Thank you, Tony. Uh, uh, Thanks, everyone. You're welcome back on this show again, Tony, whenever you want to come. Bye, everybody. All right. uh, And uh, I guess we're we're running into some kind of, I don't know, technical issues. Again, big surprise here, right? Anyway, Yeah, perfect timing. Anyway, thank you all for watching tonight. I hope, uh, you know, uh, well, I hope that... You had a good time, despite our technical issues that we seem to be having from week to week. I will continue to work to improve it. I promise you that. Uh, We'll be back next week uh, talking about witchcraft again with a new guest. And that will be on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Until then, I'll see you out there in the ether. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.